John, you were like literally a comedy of errors unto yourself. <laughs> that makes sense. We got home after all that, and the dog had made a big mess on the carpet, and I was like, "Oh shit, gotta clean what this up." You said, you... "Oh shit," because the oh, dog shit. pooped. Um, pee and poop on the carpet. all over the place. Just big old doggy mess, just like this episode. Cold open. What do you think about that? It's Socks Cast episode forty-nine. Just one more, you guys. Till what? Till we we don't do anything of note whatsoever. Cool. <laughs> I love I'm in awe of that open. <laughs> I thought uh, I or I had uh, people asking me if we were going to be doing anything special for episode fifty, like another seven hour colathon, and was just oh like, God. nope. <laughs> nope. I'll tell you what, I'll do another one of those when uh SoxbankPeopleSexy.net turns twenty years old. <laughs> Actually we are going to be doing something very special next week. Yeah, but we can't talk about that right now. Next week's gonna be action packed. It's gonna be so full of content, you'll just be like, Whoa. Oh I was like, wait, what? And then I was there's, like, a, there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Next time. A lot of good stuff in the pipeline. A lot of good stuff in the old pipeline. But hey, we've got to get through episode 49 first. We got to get through, you know, this one yet. We can't just go jumping the gun, blowing a load too quickly. Polly, there's no guest this week. No, there's not. Thank God. Thank fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) We love our guests. We love you all. But we are not doing any guests for the rest of the year because we just spent half a year doing guests and we're tired. The podcasts go on very long. But yeah, yeah, they they stretch on a little bit. They stretch on a bit of it. To my immediate virtual right, finally, someone let him out of his cage. It's <laughs> Rhett. Doing all Gorillas epi- references this time. Nope, that's the only one. <laughs> Aw. Thought hey, it was a you... memories. No. <laughs> I only found out, like, this week that Gorillas had a third album. Oh, Plastic Beach? It's and terrible. That... Okay, so that's exactly why I thought I had never heard of it. Yeah, it's, then, it's got awful. It's got like. Because then I'm like, oh, they have a fourth album too. What the hell? Really? Or is it just like G sides? No, I think it's a full fourth album. I heard that they're in the process of making a new album, but. Uh, do we have to Wikipedia this or? Uh, we might as well. Hey, this is a okay. professional podcast, and. But um, yeah, how you doing, Rhett? Doing good. Doing good. How's the heat treating you? I know you oh, do not it's... like these summer months at all. Yeah, it's raining outside, but it's still 80 in my room right now. It doesn't sound like you can win at all, because in the summer, you get roasted out of your room. Uh-huh. You have to go live in the basement, and everything is terrible. And in the winter, you guys get 27,000 inches <laughs> of snow. We didn't get any snow this year, though. I mean, not none, but... Well, we got it all this year. Ended up with like yeah. a foot and a half. Like my, I didn't have a car. I just had like a snow sculpture. Yeah. In the driveway. <laughs> okay, there's an we album. Did not get any snow. Okay, so Gorillas chronology. Fourth album is called The Fall, released in 2011. I, I don't even know what that is. Exactly. I really thought like they did Demon Days, and everyone was like, "This is amazing," and then they stopped. Yeah, like I like I heard Plastic Beach once. And then I, I was like, well, that's that's sixteen dollars I'm never getting back. <laughs> never listen to it again. Ouch. I listened to I listened to it exactly once. It's, it's got Snoop Dogg on it. It's real oh, bad. Oh god. It's real bad. 
like how does like I know that they have like you know rappers and some other stuff, but the people they usually collab with are usually like you know underground conscious rappers, you know like Del the Funky Homo Sapien, who's a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. But then you get. You know, oh, here's Snoop Dogg talking about the pl- just just saying Plastic Beach over and over because <laughs> he was too stoned out of his mind to say anything else. I'd imagine. So that's your update on gorillas. Yeah, uh, yep, makes sense. Next regular time. feature on the Soxcast from here on forth, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think that'll be a regular feature uh, from here on out. Yeah, you, know, you know, we've got to make up for all this time we're losing by not having guests anymore, or at least for the rest of the year. I don't want to say any more. But just the rest of the year. Rhett's like, no, not anymore. <laughs> it feels so freeing. It does, doesn't it? You sit back and you <laughs> To my immediate virtual left, sometimes he dreams about buttholes. It's John Thire. It's true. Really? I... What was the... Uh, give us a very vivid description of the last dream you had that was about a butthole. Hmm. I think it involved sex and buttholes. Oh! Wow, I wasn't gonna go there, John. Okay. Just uh, trying just... to. Are you trying? Okay. Are you trying to earn us that explicit tag on iTunes or? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> How you doing, John? Doing really well. You held us up for thirty minutes. Yes, I did. Longer than that, actually. Is it yeah, about like yeah. I'm. I'm really sorry. You're really I'm... bad at this timing thing. Yeah. You know, we're done. We've almost done, we've almost done, I mean, we've already done actually well over 50 episodes of the Sox cast, but, True. but, you know, we've done almost 50 numbered episodes and, uh, you still don't have this down. <laughs> like this whole, John, we're going to set up 15 minutes before uh, we start. I didn't even give you time to set up this time. We just jumped right in. Like, fuck it. We're going now. So For a guy named Chronomaniac. Yeah. He's not very good at time. Yeah, like which is more accurate, Valve time or John time? <laughs> Probably John time. Oh. Well, who's better at finishing games? Oh, bam, boom! That's I was, it. I was making jokes. I hadn't, I hadn't finished anything in almost a year. So. If it wouldn't destroy our ears, I'd tell you to go ahead and drop the mic on that. But uh, okay. don't don't drop the mic. <laughs> I could mute it and then drop the mic. Well, that wouldn't really get the point across. All right, I'm, I'm gonna mute it and drop the mic. What is he doing? All right, done. All right, he muted and dropped the mic. <laughs> yep. So we didn't hear anything. What, yeah. Well, it was just, just it was the per- John. It was it was the perfect. It played really well uh, for the uh, for for the listening audience. Played really well. You did a good job there. You did a good oh, job. Thank you. Uh, so I want to start this episode out something really special. I want to start with uh, talking to my good pal Rhett. Oh boy. Because I hear you've got something big for us, and but hey, you always have something big for us. <laughs> You know, ah! Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Rhett, like you know this. what I'm talking about? I think I think I do. I'm talking about your penis. Okay, your yep. <laughs> large, veiny penis. No, not really. It's not veiny? No. I can't remember. Did you say you had a curve? <laughs> no. No curve? No curve. Okay, okay. Wait, Let's wait, ch- what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, so I heard that, um, like, we had to move everything else off of the show. I mean, like, we had a lot of things we were going to talk about this episode. Like, you know, I've mm-hmm. got zero time to limit to get to, but we're, we're moving that to next episode. And uh-huh. um, there's there's some Neptunian nonsense going on that I heard we're going to move to the next episode as well. Because it all had to get out of the way for something uh, for something really big, other than your gigantic <laughs> penis. Uh, 
why don't you go ahead and get us started, Rat? Uh, what's going on with you? Well, it finally happened. Mighty Number no. Nine came out. Oh boy, we can finally put an end to Inafune Watch. Oh, I don't know. We're still watching him. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> got a, they've got some other game record coming out soon, and then there's who knows what DLC shenanigans they'll pull with this thing. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And I don't think all the versions are still out. Nope, they're certainly not. So isn't Red uh, Ash still gonna be a thing? That got funded by some Chinese company, so we'll see. So it'll be a mo- if it game. ever exists. It'll be a mobile game with microtransactions. Oh god! Everybody will love it. It's the th- it's the follow up to Mega Man Legends you always wanted. It's the follow up we deserve. Yeah, <laughs> follow up we deserve at this point. For having faith in Inafune and giving him $4 million to make Mighty Number no. 9. But that's not my bag to talk about. I played it, but I'm going to let Rhett lead the convo here. Rhett! Oh, I didn't even think about how to talk about this game because I played it and then got distracted by something else. And it just totally fell out of my mind. Like, I literally was like, well, if I don't talk about Neptunia, I didn't play anything else this week. <laughs> and I looked at Steam and was like... Oh, Mighty Number no. Nine! Shit, I, I played that, and like, it's very. Well, your difficult. experience is a bit like mine because you see, yeah. I played Mighty Number no. Nine. I finished Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. And I was making a game, and then I completely forgot all about Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, it it's, is just. I guess I can help you start out here. Mighty Number no. Nine is a game that exists. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's a game that's there. It. It's not awful. Not at all. Like, but it is like, a functioning product. Yep. And I think but, product is the best word you can use to describe it. Yeah. My, my thought going through, like, most of the game was like, hey, you guys did it. You made, like, a Mega Man fan game. Like, it doesn't do anything new, but it's functional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, even, the way... I couldn't, the way even that, see, I couldn't even see it as a Mega Man fan game. I mean... I think there's a good arc to most of the levels. Like, there is some diversity there. Like, the water one, where you start in the dirty water, which looks fucking horrible. Oh, God, it's just the, like, and then, ugh. Yeah, and then you go to a clear water section, which looks a little better. And then you go to an ice level, in an ice area. And it's like, each level does kind of have an arc to it. Yeah, I like, like how they introduce some of the bosses, like, halfway through the level in the background, and then have them again yeah. at the end. It's a game that has a lot of really neat little ideas and neat little strokes of of, of yeah. genius in its level design and then like 20 seconds later you'll get to another part of that same stage and be like what were you thinking yeah this... every every level has one or two moments that are just like what the fuck and like 90 percent of your deaths will come from that and it's just it's not smooth and a lot of them are like are, are like first try traps where you're guaranteed to die your first time because like you know how like Mega Man games love to do that falling and then directing yourself through a path of spikes but like the screen transitions when you do these so you have a reorient yourself Mm -hmm. Mighty Number 9 just smooth scrolls you down and the problem is the the screen doesn't start moving until your character is a good ways down the screen, so you're kind of oh, navigating God. you're navigating these little vertical labyrinths blind, and you often have to do dashes in the middle of them. Mm. <laughs> so Are you talking about the one in the water level? Yep. 
I had no problems doing that. I got that first try. Well, but guess then, what? right up your butt, dude. Right but, up your stupid butt. But then in like the cave area, there's one where you have to fall down and there's spikes at the bottom. You have to like dash left. And there's a character that talks during that, mm-hmm. further obscuring the spikes at the bottom. <sighs> That's so that, a big problem. So, so that one got me like four times. And I'm just like, you know, fuck this. this That's another big fuck? problem with this game is that the UI... Uh, when characters are talking and they talk incessantly, the UI is very obstructive toward actually playing the game. Like it just appears yeah. over everything, and it's just got like here's a text box. It's all stylized and fancied out, and you've got a little character portrait there, and it's just like, dude, you're in the way. You're in the way, and it's just like I can't enjoy any of this music, even if it, any of it was actually any good, because these characters. Never shut up. Yeah, I can't believe how low the music is mixed in this game. I turned up everything besides the music. I turned up everything down, and it was still really, yeah. really quiet. You have to put everything like below half to hear oh. the music. It's crazy. <laughs> I actually listened to the, um, I think the military factory music on its own beforehand. And I was like, oh, I like this. And then you get into the game, and it just has no effect because it's yeah. so quiet. And, and people are constantly just yammering yeah. and Yapping. yammering and yammering. That's <laughs> another problem I have with this game is that they're trying so goddamn hard to make it charming and make its characters meaningful in some way. And it all falls completely flat. And like okay. older Mega Man games, like this game is obviously trying to remind you of, did not have to try for that charm. Okay, mm. well, okay, couple things there. First of all, what language are you playing in? English. Yeah. I I try not to shit too hard on English dubs, but holy shit, this wow, one is Wow, awesome. it's pretty bad. Yeah. I started it up and I was like, oh, look, they rehired the guy from that opening text scroll in Mega Man Legends. And then I switched it to Japanese. Yeah, I played it on Japanese the whole time and I mm-hmm. don't I switched it to Japanese and then started skipping and then skipped all the cutscenes. <laughs> Yeah, not missing anything with that. Yeah, like so my experience was the water one, Mighty Number no. Two, who has obviously the best name ever. Mm-hmm. The water one. Ah. I thought, oh, she's cute. And then I listened to the English version, and the boss fight is just like pew 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 pew. And it's like the attack is shorter than the sound clip, so, so it just keeps like, overlapping. I'm like, oh, they did not give a fuck about the English dub, obviously. <laughs> like at all. I wonder. I wonder if our good boy Sean Chiplock was trying to get in on that dub. Oh, I'm I sure. Wonder, I wonder if he auditioned. I would love to know. I saw Omadon in the credits. Oh my god! For real? Not in the credits, but uh, like the backers. Oh, I like to see his hour backing scroll. I saw you in the credits. Yeah, because I'm super early. Because I'm like thirteen, thirteen thirty-six. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I happened to see Omadon at like seventeen hundred. I'm like, oh, that's funny. I actually recognize the name. Yeah. I was in the twenty two hundreds, but they're dumb and didn't actually list my name. That is. They just listed me as a, a generous backer. They listed like ninety percent of people as a generous. Yeah, person. like I filled out the dumb form to you know have my name, and I'm like, no, no. But of course, I also didn't get my code for the game either. So yeah, they they fucking lost you somehow. Yeah, they never got back to me via email, and I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Rhett was cool and sent me the DRM free version. It's like which, I already paid for it. There's so. issues with saving because they can't do anything. right. Yeah, because they can't do anything right. I had to reinstall it because 
of the way they like you can't save it to program files. <laughs> you need to save it to program files x86. Oh my god. Yeah. Apparently some streamer played the game like the day it came out and went for like 4 hours then restarted mm. and he gets uh. And, and the save is gone, and he just, like, fucking flipped out. <laughs> Which I can see, because I beat two stages, and then I come back, and my save's gone. I'm like, what? Why, why, why for my save gone? And then I'm, like, replaying the prologue stage and being like, nope, it's it's not saving. Every time it just so goes initializing. Yeah, see, like, I, like mm. when I initially installed it, it was just, like, I played the prologue stage, saved, and then was just like, all right, I'll get back to this later. Yeah. And then Brett <laughs> pulled me. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, re- and, you know, do, like, because I didn't read the, who reads readmes? That's why I called it Read Me Yo or something to know yeah. that it was from me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was from him. I just saw Read Me and just kind of ignored it before installing. <laughs> so when I kind of came back, like, so, like, he sends, he's like, did you read the, the Read Me file with him? <laughs> no. Like, oh, son of a so that was fun i think that this game just doesn't really feel great either it's just what's the point of the dash i still don't get it the dash is the entire game though is the really thing about it it's like i can see how like i know a lot of speedrunners and i watch a lot of speedrunners and i'm like yeah it'll make a good speed game but it's not really a fun game there's no weight to the movement yeah Yeah. it's, it's very floaty and mushy and i still don't under like like the 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 bonuses you get for dashing through enemies the way they try I didn't to understand it i understand it i just don't see why it exists I it mean, just feels like an extra step in the process that's how i feel about mighty or not mighty gun, gun vault in general mm, like mm-hmm. i didn't understand that game when i saw videos of it where it's just like you shoot a guy and then you stand there zapping him from far away like why don't just shoot him Mm-hmm. So, like, conceptually, I think this makes more sense to me, where you shoot an enemy and then dash up to him to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I ever killed an enemy by just shooting them outright. I always dashed yeah. into them. Yeah. yeah. And it, it does make for a very fast game, but like you guys said, it doesn't really have weight to it. And, like, when mm-hmm. you screw up and, like, dash into an enemy and they're not vulnerable, like, you never really feel like you're taking damage in this. Yeah, you just kind of, like, take damage and start flashing. There's no pronounced sound... Of, like, there's no pronounced sound effects on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything, like, there, there's a lack of impact, which Mega Man games always had. Everything yeah. had good, crisp sound to it. This game is just, like... <laughs> I know, Mega Man has, like, the best you-got-hit sound effect. Yeah, it's just, like... <laughs> and then you just, just flash you for a couple seconds, and you can't move, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, you like you yeah. wail, you wail on that noise channel on the NES a little <laughs> bit, and you've got a Mega Man getting hit sound, but of they got the, nothing here. Of the three stage select stage select main stages I played, um, I actually game overed on two of them, but it actually feels really easy, even though I game overed and it was a yeah. little hard. <laughs> it's weird because it's not easy, but it felt just very easy and resistant. It feels easy because you're you're not really getting punished for your mistakes so much it, or it doesn't really feel yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. 90% of the stage is super easy and then there'll be like one bullshit instant kill spike. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I almost never die through damage. It's just, oh, you hit a spike. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not going to claim that I know like what it costs to make a game look good. Uh, or anything like uh, that. Like I know that that is that is tricky stuff, no matter what you're doing. Uh, and I'm not gonna go about trying to compare it to like the mock-up shot that they did. But mm-hmm. I am gonna say that like, if you wanted to make a Mega Man game and you and you had to switch to like a lo-fi look, 
Why did you go with the most bland lo-fi look you could go with when you could have done something very colorful? You know, I you, you yeah. could have looked. You could have looked at an eight or sixteen-bit Mega Man, taken those palettes and easily thrown those onto these stages, and you could have made them look infinitely better. But every stage is just so boring and lifeless looking. Yeah, I seriously cannot believe, especially like if you look at the character designs or the box art, like the box art is amazing because it's all the characters. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. bright and vibrant and fun. And then the stages are so muted Grand. and gray and white. And it's just like, like the mighty number one stage, the fire guy, it's like gray sky on gray buildings on gray floor. And I'm just like, what? How did this pass? What, what are you guys doing? Uh, the The... The, the consensus seems to be is that they scaled everything down to the lowest possible yeah. specs for, like, the handheld. Like, this game is ported, or is currently in the, still in the process of being ported, to ten freaking platforms. That is, that is so unreal. Like, that doesn't happen, period. They should. Like, what were you thinking? Like, they're still aiming for Xbox 360 and PS3 releases, and it's just like, you shouldn't have done that. Even the Road Redemption guys can't like today canceled their canceled their PS3 Xbox 360 versions because they said it's just not feasible and they cited Mighty Number no. Nine as an example. Yeah, Ugh. I think the Kickstarter for this was at a real bad time because I think it was 2013, right, right before the new systems came out and people weren't sure like are people going to buy the new systems? Well, I've got this one now. Yeah, they really should have just... I mean, they kind of ended up only focusing really on PC based on the final versions. Yeah, yeah, because, like, the Wii version, when it released, it was crashing consoles entirely. Yeah. Uh, And even when they fixed it, the game has 30 to 45 second load times between (laughs) lives. Yeah. That's incredible. So they're still God. so yeah. So they scaled it down. They used Unreal Engine three, which obviously, which historically does not work well on Wii U, and just in general doesn't work at sixty frames a second very well. So, but so yeah, they scaled it down, and then the handheld versions aren't out yet. But I mean, like you know, to 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 get back to you know the actual game and like what it feels like to play and like the characters and the bosses like there are a few bosses that are fun i'll give it that like some of the bosses in the the final areas of the game i thought were interesting um fuck the call stage that they oh uh, my god yeah started it is it is like like i know Rhett has not finished the game but i beat that one i did finish that one but that is the point in the game where i literally like almost Put the controller down and just almost uninstalled it at that point because it is the most frustrating piece of garbage ever. It's real bad. Yeah. And it's like insulting, though, that people donated extra money to get a female playable character and they make her fucking garbage. She's garbage. She's weak. They turned her from a smiling, good time kind of girl to an emotionless doll. I think she was always going to be like that. But then, yeah, the concept art people voted on wasn't reflected of her personality in the actual game. Which yeah. Was but, like, mm. so this game just has an arbitrary kind of NES thing where you can only have three shots on screen at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Call, it's one, one shot. shot. And she fights a boss... Where oh, when you shoot the boss and it clinks and it flies off diagonally, mm. you can't shoot again until that's off the screen. So they designed it so that it takes as long as possible to leave the screen. Yeah. And, like, she can't 
she doesn't do an- she can't kill enemies by dashing through them because story reasons that's Beck's ability. So she's just got to stand there shooting with one bullet to kill enemies. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking miserable. It's, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, like uh, some of the bosses, um, I don't know if this happened to you, but there were a few of the bosses that fly where, like, when you shoot a boss X number of times or you oh, do X amount yeah. of damage. Like, they turn purple, and you have to dash into them to actually knock off that bit of health you just did mm-hmm. to actually make it permanent. There are some bosses that can just randomly fly up after they've been turned purple, and they'll just get their health back. Yeah, that happened to me on the water guy. Like, it's not random when he flies up, but it was just... Oh, Real fun. Real fun! Because you triggered, like, having 20% clicked... Now you have to do the dash right now. And, oh, he's flying away. Also, the, the boss weapons, transformations, or whatever, suck. They're all boring. Mm. I like... So the sword kind of breaks the game. Though, the sword really breaks good. the game. Uh, the crash bomb breaks the game entirely. Basically, you can almost one-shot everything with it. Really? Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty busted. Um, I, just like, I found like most of the junk in the game to be junk quite thoroughly. <laughs> All this junkness is junk. I thought it was adequate. Like most stuff didn't really piss me off besides like the call stage and I thought the uh the stage with the sniper guy. Mm. That one pissed me off cuz there's no checkpoints. Yeah. I'm just like what the fuck guys, really? Did you forget? Like, or just did you forget or was it too complicated cuz it's a non-linear level? Yeah, it's a good point. There'll just be there'll just be no checkpoints. I mean, yeah. eh, that's a good solution. <laughs> that's uh. a solution. <laughs> so it's it's just kind of weird though because everyone just wanted a Mega Man game, and then the dash thing makes it feel much more like a Mega Man X or Zero thing because it's so fast, you know. Yeah, and I think the big difference is that in those games you um, have to be touching the floor to start a dash. Yeah. At least outside of the later, later ones. Yeah. Um, but, like, zero feels really good because if you want to dash, you have to be on the ground. And you do have, like, a very palpable sense of weight. Because mm-hmm. I was playing Mega Man Zero the other day, detoxing. And it's like, yes, this feels <laughs> really much better. Yeah, I played Mega Man Zero. I played through the first one again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I want to say maybe five or six days before I got Mighty Number no. 9. And it's just like, oh. It's still really good. Yeah, like, I still really like Mega Man Zero. Yeah. The game's yep. fantastic. And it's Integrates. Yeah, yeah. They did a, 9. Yeah. They did ZX. I really like ZX. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> oh. I just could not get into ZX because of the freaking map. Yeah, I, yeah, the map I, didn't, like, I didn't like ZX or ZX Advent that much. Gotcha. I I, re- I like the first yeah. one. I think that they yeah yeah I like I like uh I like the zero games and um Mega Man X one two four sometimes five just depends on my mood. Yep yep. What? How do you feel about eight? <laughs> I've not played it. Oh, no, I think I've not played it. Like I know people that love those games that just really hate it. Because, like, 6 and 7 are the real bad ones, right? Oh, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, 8's sort of like Mighty Number no. 9. Probably better than Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah, um, I saw people just saying... It doesn't really make an impression. I saw people saying Mighty Number no. 9 is about the level of X8. But then I saw screenshots of X8, and at least it isn't, like, horribly ugly. Like, it's got a good I had more colors. fun with X8 than I had <laughs> yeah. when I played Mighty Number no. 9. Mm. Like, it's a pretty functional, fun little game. On the PSP. It's the problem... <laughs> 
The problem with X8 is that it has a bunch of these gimmick levels. Like, it'll have, like, uh, one giant elevator level where you're just fighting a bunch of enemies, and it'll have, like, two speeder bag levels and a minigame level. Doesn't it have, like, grinding, too? Yeah. Don't you so, have, like, so you yeah, have to get... Uh, there's all this bullshit in the way of the regular stages, which are fun and good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, X7 is god-awful. Yeah, well, yeah. Mighty Number no. 9 beats that low bar. I yeah, I would, I would absolutely play Mighty Number no. 9 before I ever touched X7. Yeah. I actually played a bit of Mega Man 2 this week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I replayed Mega Man 2. That game's yeah. really good. I didn't beat it. I just beat like the first half of levels. And, yeah. and I found out a thing about that game. Yeah, It's real easy if you get beat Metal Man first and then just use his weapon. Well, yeah. Oh, it's, well, it's, yeah it's that's like, I, I literally never did that as a kid. I was always oh. the purist who just refuses to use anything besides the Mega Buster. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like, like it's like the it's like the uh, the splash trident in Mega Man Nine. Like, yeah. Yeah. go after her first, get the splash trident, never use your Mega Buster again because you can get like three shots per tick. I really enjoy the Storm Eagle's weapon in Mega Man X One. I'm using that for a ton of the enemies. Oh, it feels so good too. <laughs> yeah, the charged up version. Ugh. When you use the charged up version to go in and kill the uh, the the bubble boss in like one hit, that's always fun. Yep. Really there are good. so many good Mega Man games. There really are, that's I mean, and, and that's why nobody should feel bummed about Mighty Number no. Nine being bad. Yeah, because yeah, they had such a like they've got such a legacy to live up to, and obviously mm-hmm. they had so many troubles with this game. Like, I'm kind of amazed it turned out as good as it did. Honestly, in some ways, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you guys, you guys made a game. You made yeah, a- it is made it is in fact better than nothing. Game. Yeah, okay, so that quote is really bad, but then I saw that quote layered against a bunch of fucking... games that didn't come out, and I'm like, you know, it is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, it actually is. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't Inafune, that was his, no, it was that was his editorializing it was... interpreter. It was, it was Ben Judd being a big idiot, big yep. loud mouth like he always is. Gotcha. That was the wrong thing to say on release day. Yep. Yeah, that's not, that's not something you say. But like... Put against something like the Yogg's cast game that never came out and other Kickstarters that totally evaporated. Like, yeah, it is better than nothing, I guess. Mm. You know, it's like you guys do have a functioning, mostly functioning product. (laughs) Yeah. You have a mostly functioning product. Good job. Especially if you think of it as a PC game on Steam. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The PS4 version seems fine. Yeah. Cool. Oh man, so, yeah. Did you guys watch any of the like the breakdowns between those versions though? No. Like, there's a Bloom setting on the PS3 or PS4 and Xbox One that doesn't actually function. Mm, not PS4, surprised. On PS4, it's always on no matter what you do, and on Xbox One, it's always off no matter what you do. I'm not surprised. So stuff like that is just hilarious. How do we like? Who do we get to test ten versions of a game? Oh, Mac. Yeah, there you go. He'll be the trooper. Yeah, he'll be the trooper. Yeah, the logistics behind it are bewildering, and it's just ten. Ten platforms doesn't happen though. Mm-hmm. No, like, I still don't think it's going to. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Vita. Vita means life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wonder what the hell the 3DS version. Oh my god, that's like. gonna be so bad. Or maybe it'll oh. just look the same because it's such an ugly game. That's a good point. But man, maybe it'll look like, better on 3DS because it's like, like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Zero Time Dilemma is pushing the very limits of what the 3DS can do as far as I can tell looking at this game. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still pretty janky looking little game at, at times. But, like, I'm really wondering, like, how they're going to pull this off. Or, like, or you're going to get, like, a 30 frame per second or less kind of uh Oh, experience. I think absolutely. Yeah. I just realized something. What's that? Is it going to be in 3D? Oh, no. How about that highway stage in 3D? So, yeah, that's another thing. The the highway stage, uh, me and Rhett were talking about this before we started recording, and it makes us both very, very uncomfortable. Yeah, I, like, legitimately got dizzy as hell. and was like, I have to, like, look at the ground in this game because I can't, like, look up right now. It's so weird. I've never had this happen. You were, like, recording a Let's Play, weren't you? Yeah. When that happened, but yeah. yeah I, like, I didn't upload it, but... The way the... the it, it, we come to it's like same thing as like the way the background moves and it moves like really slowly, is that like your eyes are still trying to track it and you you yeah. just get real nauseous because like the 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 actual foreground isn't moving really slow. Yeah, because so in like something like Contra Hardcore where the background is just screaming by, like you don't focus on it, it just kind of turns into a blur. Yeah, and this the background's moving just slow enough that your eyes are kind of tracking it and you can't tell foreground from background and it's just. A visually disorienting mess. Yeah. It's super it, weird. It it yeah, it came very close to making me ill. <laughs> That's the the perfect true view of this game. Yeah, use your back of the box quote. And Just it's almost... all gray. Gray buildings, gray sky, gray roof. The funny thing is that the highway stage is the one that, that seems to have some artistic intent where it's got a like a strong red sky. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only thing in the whole game. Yeah. Where you go, oh, there's some color, look. There's color over there. And then, like, you go through a tunnel, and when you come out, it's, like, sunset, and it kind of looks okay. It's the kind of game where, like, you're playing, and then you kind of just slit your wrist, hoping it's <laughs> a little red. I will say, though, like, this game really shows how much people care about graphics. Oh, yeah, it really does. It's kind of insulting, though, when it's just, like, it doesn't matter how well the game does or doesn't play, it's ugly. So, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. As someone who made a Mega Man-ish inspired platformer that was pretty ugly and took several years on it, I may have a little soft spot for this game and be like, you guys are being a little mean, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like every time, like a lot, every stream that I've been to, like a lot of people that I watch stream regularly, mm-hmm. like the first thing they'll do is point out how bad the graphics are and I, go, four million dollars. I mean, I think I probably did that, too. Like, there are just elements in it that do look really bad. Oh, absolutely. Like, the explosions are hilariously... Oh, my God. What were they... That was... What is even... even weirder? What's I that? swear. I forget what number he is. Like, the flying guy, the boss. Mm-hmm. He shoots missiles at you, and they have kind of a transparent explosion when they hit. And yeah. it looks way better. It I'm like... Ba- like, why not just, like, use that? Like, yeah. go back, find all of your instances of explosion artifacts, and replace them with that one. That's what's... That's the funniest part, is that there's a better explosion in the same game, but then, like, these huge ones that are super prominent in Stage 1. That, like, explosion got made, that explosion got made a day before release, and they just didn't have time. Well, no, it didn't, because it was in the trailer, like, a, like a month ago, that, and everyone laughed at it. I think well, it was the 2015 demo that I played. God. Yeah, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Yeah, Mighty Number no. 9. Oh, the cutscenes... Oh. Ugh. Have you played any of Ray? No, I just oh. I don't care. 
because the so once you beat Ray, mm-hmm. you unlock them to play through the main game, mm-hmm. and the cutscenes are just still art, but Uh-oh. it's like really good looking. What? So it's so much better than just those awful. It's weird. Like your mouth is hanging wide open, but your arms are moving. It's, it's so like, weird. It's like worse animation than like Neptunia Rebirth Two. Yeah, using 3D models to just kind of stand there lifelessly breathing. They don't animate the mouse at all. It's super weird. Yeah, like their mouths will just like be completely open and like his arms will move left to right or something. And it's like, this looks awful. What are you doing? What is with that one dude's hair? Like that is something that concept art did not translate to a 3D model. The the guy with the brown hair that looks like like weird hairball, like something a cat coughed up. He looks like an urchin or something. Yeah, it's awful. It looks like a piece of, like, crumpled <laughs> sausage. They're clearly going for that kind of Osamu Tezuka yeah, look with the characters, they, and nah, it just doesn't I get, work. I get that. It doesn't work. No, yeah. they're not nailing it at all. At least you're not going to nail it with 3D models that don't have some kind of special, you know, cell shading yeah. and, and outlines and stuff. You're not going to get that. I wonder if cell shading would have made this look better. Or if it's really just the color palette is what's killing it. It's the it. color palette, dude. Because a lot of it is kind of flat shaded, mm-hmm. and it looks like ass. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if cell shading would really help this. No, I don't think it would. You just need to change that color, which seems like a thing that isn't really budget so much as just like yeah. making a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a matter of time you can spend yeah. refining the look, like, and it's and... probably easier to just kind of thoughtlessly throw together a gray palette yeah like i can fully admit that maybe my eyes aren't as great as they used to be but there were a lot of times where it was just like i couldn't tell what was a foreground what was a background and what was an Mm. enemy it's just very muddy looking it's just everything kind of washed together and i'd I'd just suddenly take a hit oh there's an enemy there oh Mm. no that's our our special camouflaged ai you fell for it and all the and all the enemies have a different number of attacks before you can dash through them. So yeah. you kind of have, which is kind of, I guess, cool where you're trying to learn yeah. this sort of rhythm. I like yeah. how, I do like how the shield guys, it's one hit. Yeah. Because those yeah. guys are such a motherfucker in the NES games. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, the Mega Man games, even though it's technically using an NES game. But it's kind of cool that you shoot them once to get them to drop the shield and then another time and then you can dash right through. Yeah. Yeah. Did you all see the retro BGM mode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds it's really real. good. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did it on the tutorial stage, and I'm like, oh, this is probably... It, like, it doesn't fit, but yeah. it's probably better sounding. Yeah, yeah. I should probably switch to that if I go back to it. Switch to that Japanese and skip all the cutscenes. So, so, I, mean, switch- I, I switched it to hard mode at the beginning, but apparently hard mode isn't hard mode because it gives you all the weapons up front. What? I don't maniac know mode. I turned on, oh, I turned on maniac mode. Yeah, maniac mode is one hit and you're dead. Oh, okay. Maniac mode comes with the DLC. Yeah. Okay, and they gave you all of the um, weapons, oh. and they turned you—they turned me into the Minecraft guy. So it was very ugly. <laughs> oh god, that fucking skin. Yep. Retro hero, fucking Minecraft ripoff bullshit. Get out of here. It's, ugh. So that was pleasing. Wow, I didn't think we could do it, but we just spent forty <laughs> minutes talking about Mighty Number. No. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Uh oh, shit! No, Wait. but I forgot. Oh, it just slipped out of my head. Do we want to just go through all the Mega Man? Do we, should I just go <laughs> ahead and say what Mega Man games I played, real quick? Sure, go for cool. it. Just get them out of the way. I played um, Rockman Four uh, Minus Infinity. 
not which good. Is a rom- you don't like it? I don't like it. Aww. I don't really like it either. It's one of those. Not... It's one of those. Hey, look, Mega Man's supposed to be really hard, right? Ah ha ha ha! This is funny. You died. Um, care um, for it? It's really clunky, and um, there's like there'll be like a stage where they have like ten different platform types, and they'll use like a couple of them once. Yeah. So it, there's very. It's not very elegant or like a concise story. There's a lot of moments that make me grin just ear to fucking ear. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the boss fights, like Skullman, like has like a skate ramp in his room and he's dashing across the stage really quick and like doing little Tony Hawk, just like ju- and then having to dash across and it's yeah. really fast and cool. Things like that are kind of cool. The Pharaoh Man fight where he flings you up through the whole stage back to the beginning of the stage and then you like progress through a little chunk of the stage as you fight him. Um, there's some cool shit. And then there's stuff like the end of Bright's Man, Bright Man's level, which is where I quit, where there's like this giant array of disappearing and reappearing blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, like a hundred of them, half of them reappearing at once and they'll like reappear on top of you. Yeah. It, I could show it to y'all later, but it's mm-hmm. very boring. Like, I, th- like, I think that it has good ideas. I just mm-hmm. think the difficulty really needed some ironing out. Yeah, it needed... To, it, they needed an editor. The yeah. stages are about twice as long as the regular levels, too. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's full of moments of real joy mm-hmm. that were clearly made like with enthusiasm and that it made me smile really yeah. big. Like some uh, actual love and heart going into it. Yeah, almost all the levels have some cool gimmick that gets used to good effect. There's an auto-scroll section. Um, oh, you remember how Dustman's level is this really boring thing where the um, the crusher comes down really slowly and then goes yeah. up really slowly and you have to yeah. wait for it? In this game, they replace it with, like, the floor is constantly moving you to the right and while yeah. things are dropping from the ceiling. And then there's a spike wall chasing after you in one section and then an auto-scroll thing. Yeah. So it replaces waiting, yeah. which is so common in Mega Man 4. Because that game's really boring <laughs> and replaces it with like intensity. Yeah, yeah. So I'd oh, rather go back yeah. to Minus Infinity than Mighty Number no. 9, probably. Yeah, I watched the trailer for that. It looked really neat. Like, it's it really kind of gave it the spark that Mega Man 4 doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd much rather play it some more than Mega Man 4. Yeah, yeah. But like, most ROM hacks always seem to be way too hard. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I also played like, seven hours of Mega Man Battle Network 3 and I'm just, I just gonna leave those games back in my childhood. Leave them in let your them childhood live, where let they them belong. live there forever and bloom and be happy because I, I loved them as a kid. I played through the first one when it came out because it was like hey I've got an RPG for my fucking Game Boy Advance and it was just like at the time it was like yeah it was alright it's not the great. One, and the then And one. then like eight years later they've released 270 <laughs> more of these things. Mm-hmm. Yes, did you did you play Mega Man Battle Network three Crystal Moon or Summer Star? God, I don't remember. <laughs> then did you remember the Star Force series that that existed? I nope. have the first one. There's they made three of them. They all come in different uh, versions. Including I have. Uh, I can't remember which one I have. I know that I named. I know that I named the guy Boner. <laughs> That's all I remember. Yeah. So I played three because I I played two as a kid and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the consensus best one. And yeah, then I that's went what back I hear. And, 
I played one in high school and it was really boring. It's because all the bosses are really easy and the yeah. internet is this horrible maze. Oh, it's just a big, awful, a <laughs> lifeless maze. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought you were talking about the real internet for a second. So I'm like, yeah, it is a horrible <laughs> maze. Well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There's the trash and, section. Yeah. Oh, there's wait, the there's tra- trash everywhere. Weird. Mm-hmm. And then two and three. Three probably about as good as two. Um, refine that a ton and make boss fights that are actually fun. Mm-hmm. Um and then the rest of the game exists. Yeah. So there, 90% of those games is fetch quests. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go fetch this thing across the world. Or grinding for chips. Or grinding for chips. And it's. I said it's, I mentioned it's like Revengeance. If Revengeance was like 30 hours long and the rest was just filler. Yeah. Uh, really like those boss fights. Revengeance on very easy mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With 25 hours of filler. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Uh, I spent two hours beating uh, an optional boss way before the time I should have, and it was mm-hmm. a blast. And then I put it down, and it was like, okay, I've got what I wanted out of this. So I'm done with Battle Network, I think. Cool. And that's all I did of Mega Man yeah. this week. Okay, so I remember the thing I wanted to say about Mighty Number no. 9. Right, see, Stalin <laughs> helps sometimes. Yeah. What'd you so, remember? A very long time ago, you know, I was making Hunters and like, 2009 2010 mm-hmm. and i was working on like the underwater area and i was kind of having trouble with like how to color it mm-hmm. and i happened to be playing a kirby game and there was an underwater level net and i realized the thing about those games is that the background is always a different color from the foreground yeah so but you say yeah like it's obvious but that's something mighty number no. nine didn't freaking yeah do. not at all <laughs> it's just so i would notice in that game it will be like I'm in an underwater area, and the ground I'm on is, like, kind of tinted blue. Tinted, yeah. But the background... Uh. No, no, but wait. But, like, the background behind me is, like, a stone wall that's tinted green. Yeah. So it reads super well, actually. Mm -hmm. So, like, by choosing kind of complementary colors, it looks good, even though, if you think about it, you're like, why is the wall a different color than the ground? Like, they should, in theory, be the same color, because they're connected. yeah. But, like, you have to make a game read well like that. Yeah, you, it's all about making things read. So ever since then, I've kind of, like, studied 16-bit and 8-bit games. It's like, oh, the background's always, like, a different color so that you can read it really easily. Yeah. If it's yeah. a good game. If it's a good game, yeah. And then Mighty Number no. 9 just made a 3D model, and they didn't do that. So, like, they end up being the same color, and everything is just kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And going back all the way to, like, fucking Metroid, where it just reads pristinely because the backgrounds oh. are all black. Yeah, and the I mean, yeah, are all bright colors. A lot of NES games get around that by just being entirely black backgrounds. Yeah, they, that, that was a lot of early uh, NES games before people started getting more daring with their art design, mm-hmm. or even just the technical limitations. Yeah, technical oh, limitations. Obviously, you got three colors on these sprites to work with. Have fun. I don't know how they did that. They did it well. There are a lot of memorable sprites on the NES. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't isn't Mega Man made up of two sprites? So his face, can have... his, his head is, yeah. Gotcha. Like, so it, they can have white and black. Yeah, and yep. they had to, and they hand. had to make they had to make him blue so that he would read better on the backgrounds too. Gotcha. I think it was just because NES had good blues. Yeah, the NES has good blues and not a lot of good other colors. Like, there's no, yeah. there is no really good yellow on the yeah. NES at all. God. Yeah, it's super I've posted, interesting. I've posted, I've posted pictures of the NES's color palette, and uh-huh. it's very limited. And it, there are like ten space. There are like ten or twelve spaces that are taken up by just black. 
So that's 12 colors yeah. you don't have. And, you know. Yeah, I tried to draw using that palette for bullet phase and gave up pretty yeah. quickly. Because I'm just like, I need more shades of gray. What do you mean three colors? This is impossible. <laughs> Because, like, my art obviously isn't very good, so for bullet face, I'm like, well, I want to, like, shade this guy so he looks a little better, and then, no, you can't. You can have red, black, and gray. Yeah, when I interviewed uh, Danilo Diaz of uh, Joymasher, uh, we talked a bit about uh, the NES palette and how, like, when they were doing Onikin, like, he really, really, really wanted to stick to that NES color palette and the uh -huh. color schemes and its limitations for that game. Um, and some of the first demos he did... Uh, for that game was with that palette and everything, but he was just like, the further we got in development, the more it was just like, I cannot make this work for a full game. Like, if if, if I want to create the things that I want to create and, and, and make them actually look good, like, I'm just going to have to, like, fudge it a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I saw a Shovel Knight Shovel thing Knight? that said, we used the NES palette, Unless we really wanted a certain color, and then yeah. it's cheated. I think there are five cheat colors in yeah. the Shovel Knight palette. Yeah, they didn't do it's it amazing. a ton, but they did. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep, everyone yep. gives up. <laughs> you are not the I, only one. Yeah, you I know think... what? Instead of Mighty Number no. Nine, just go play Shovel Knight again. Mm -hmm. Lake of Shadows is really good, John. Yeah, I'll give it. A, I need to. I need to just replay Shovel Knight. John, too. it's got a very sweet story. Oh, it yeah. will make you fucking ball. It really ball. It's a better love story than Shovel Knight base game. Yay. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah, so I'm not joking. Cool. cool. It's so goddamn good. I love love stories. I didn't know it's, it was a love story. It is a very good love making story. making a love story. Yay. Cool. You will love it. Like, it is like when we saw this ending, I know that me and, John, me, me and Rhett both thought John's going to fucking ball his eyes out i thought raquel's gonna ball her eyes out and then i don't think she finished it because uh, yeah, like her, or something. her bs got cracked but i think she's got a new one because she's been playing but like, i think she played through robobot people kind of forgot about plague of shadows pretty quickly it seems unfortunately it's kind of a weird thing though like having a full expansion dlc like that for free mm -hmm. yeah and, yeah. and, and they've got two more coming yeah so yeah, a lot of people were comparing Mighty Number no. Nine's Kickstarter stuff to Shovel Knight. Yeah, and it's also like, I don't really know if Shovel Knight's the best example. No. Like they obviously did things right. Yeah. But then I read an interview where they also like went without pay for five months before the game came out. Yeah. So yeah, and they're still fulfilling those backer rewards yep. for like extra characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I think. Kickstarters just tend to bite off way more than they can chew. Absolutely. Yep. I think they said the budget for Plague of Shadows was a million dollars, and I'm like, oh, wow. There's a great million dollars. Under there. Undertale's Kickstarter was originally for $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was... But, like, that worked, though, because it's... It was, like, two people. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. Tony Fox with, like, a couple artists. Gosh. I yeah, got some. I got somebody else into Undertale uh, this week. Cool. I picked, oh, I, picked, I picked it up for them on sale, and I think she spent most of yesterday playing through about three fourths of it. Oh, <laughs> the first three fourths or the last three fourths? The first three fourths. Oh boy. I, I think I think she's on neutral route. Yeah. She <laughs> messed up the uh, <clears throat> the thing we always mess up. Oh yeah. You monsters! How could you do that? You. 
Shut up. <laughs> just, I, I, just shut up. How about that, Rhett? Like, right up your butt today. How about that? I killed all the all the bosses on my first route through. <laughs> See, John's way worse than me. Like, in all honesty, I think that game probably works best if you don't It really know. does. It really does. Yeah, like, so I, I, I didn't play. care going through my first... Because, like, even though you play... Like, we're talking about Undertale again. <laughs> You play it a second time, you're still going to get a lot. You're still going to get a lot of good original content. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yep. But for me, so like going through neutral or not killing anything my first time, and then going from the neutral ending immediately to the true ending was a pretty crazy night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seeing both of those like an hour apart from each other. Oh God. I was just Ooh. like literally exhausted at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It'll take yeah. a lot of you. Even though I think conceptually the game works way better yeah. if you actually do a real neutral route first. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I can do better, right? I can do better. Well, and then the game tells you you can do better. Yeah. Unless, so, you, kill, unless, unless you kill Flowey. Flowey, in which case he does not give you the nice hint. Die, fucker. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I, I changed my mind and was nice once when at the end of the asgore fight and that goes how it goes and then i was just and then uh -huh. it was the end of the flurry thing and i'm just like well die you're horrible this is terrifying let's leave <laughs> cool so we'll get off of undertale again yeah. sorry and, about mighty, that. and mighty number nine i think so are we done with red mighty had, number nine i think red had the right idea go play Mega Man 2 <laughs> yeah oh man go play go play shovel knight go play leg of shadows go play shovel knight go play the many excellent platformers that exist. Yeah, yeah. Like just because was... Mighty Number no. Nine, like let's not get too hung up on like the 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 the, the Mighty Number no. Nine hate train because you know the, the internet's got enough negativity. Let's not yeah. let's not keep contributing. It's like you yeah, know what? As we maybe... talk about it for an hour. <laughs> well, we are doing our due diligence because we played it and we're having a a a, a yeah. constructive conversation about it. Yeah, none of us are dogging this game for being shit. Yeah. yeah, I think the problem with this, the conversation around Mighty Number no. 9 is that there's two sides here. There's how the Kickstarter was handled, yeah. and there's the actual game. And obviously, mm -hmm. the Kickstarter was handled really poorly, mm -hmm. and the actual game's okay, maybe. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's and, a passable platformer, but there yeah. you, could, you could play a lot better, and you should. Yeah. There are much worse Mega Man games. That's also true. That is also very <laughs> true. But the thing is, like, people are just jumping on the hate train because the Kickstarter was yeah. poorly. And then it's just, an easy and, target. Yeah, mm. it's a real fucking Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter was making jokes at their expense. Oh like, it's like when you got it's like Sonic, you ain't got no fucking room yeah. to talk. But man, is it really funny that you did. Someone replied to him with like a box art that said like Sonic in the glass house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking perfect. Oh. So we're done with Mighty Number no. Nine, Rhett. Yeah, I actually didn't finish it. I got to the last level and just was like, eh. You know, like I so, like I told you earlier when we were talking, like you don't I have. Just, any... There was a video of the last boss leaked out before the game came out, mm -hmm. and it was like twenty minutes long. I'm like, why is this last boss so long? It is a long fight. It, it looked really. Do you, are there checkpoints? No. Oh God. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's Mighty Number no. Nine. What else did you do, Rhett? Um, I saw the movie Finding Dory. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I caught this one, too. Yeah, you mentioned it last week. Uh, you know what you could have also done is rewatch Finding Nemo. <laughs> yep, yep. 
it's like the same movie. Oh. Like, in a crazy oh. way, almost. I was just mm. like, yeah, I liked it. It was a good movie, good, well-made movie. It's like literally the first one again. Oh. Yeah. That's and it's really... All of Dory just, it's just like Dory's beats from the first movie just repeated like three or four times as much for yeah. a full movie. There's like, like jokes that are like kind of copied exactly. Because in like the original, mm-hmm. there's the seagulls that go, mine, mine, mine. And in this one, there are sea otters, or not otters. What are they called? I don't know. Those, ma- the things that sit on the rocks... And they go like off, 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 off. It's like Seals? the same joke. Seals, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Edit this out of the book. What sound? What sound no. did they make, Rat? Off, 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 off. Just gonna, oof, I'm just gonna oof, loop. Oof, oof. I'm just gonna loop that for an entire minute. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's the same joke from the first one. Yeah. With a different animal. Yeah, it's real dumb. Yeah. And it's it's doing crazy box office numbers like. The yeah. original Finding Nemo is was did like three hundred thirty million, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah. And last I checked, Finding Dory was at like two hundred eighty million, and that was before the weekend. So, it's gonna only get bigger this weekend. Yeah, it's it's scheduled to be number one again because yeah. fucking Independence Day bombed. Man, I didn't even know that came out. Hey, uh. why don't you release your movie called Independence Day on fucking Independence Day weekend, you idiots? I'm almost fucking certain the first one did. Yeah. It did. Oh my god. It's like right there on a fucking weekend. <laughs> Can I say something that kind of was weird and unsettling for Anne and I as we were walking out of the theater for Finding Dory? Sure. It's sort of weird for a movie about basically about like triumphing thrive and thriving in life with mental with a mental handicap like mm-hmm. lost memory. Um and then having two of the long running jokes of the movie be, Haha, look at the stupid animal. No, that's, it's so dumb. We should. That's a, that's yeah. a little unsettling. Between the really, between the dumb otter that they don't want on the rock and the dumb bird that doesn't understand things. Wow. Oh, that's, yeah. The bird was kind of weird. I wasn't sure. That's not I don't, nice. Yeah. I don't get it. Why would. Why, especially when it's just running so counter to the theme of the movie. Wow. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even really think about that. Like, now I'm kind of uncomfortable, too. I know, right? Okay, so it's, so it's not just us here. It's not, it's not just John being Big Chief SJW. Yeah, it's just like, and then the, that, is the, that is the joke they close on after the credits. Oh, good. Is the dumb otter. We're pretty sure it's an otter. Yeah, for sure. It's a seal or an otter. It's a dugong. Look, we play video games. <laughs> we don't know what. Animals. We don't know what fucking outside is. I will say though, like the climax of the final action scene in Finding Dory <laughs> is like hilariously ridiculous. <laughs> like John's just laughing, thinking about it. Oh God, it's so dumb. The movie like reaches its like emotional climax when she finds her. Oh, hey, spoilers. hey, dude. Yeah. Or does she? Or does she? She finds she finds the thing. She yeah. maybe finds the thing. Does she, she steal finds... the precious thing? And then the mo- and then it's like fifteen more minutes after that, <laughs> and then it has this really silly action climax. That's really funny. It's so silly though. They're gonna like, sit so in Japan silly. and they're gonna put Umio in as a special cameo. Umio should have been in this. He would have helped. Oh yeah, 
They would have been just like, whoa, what? He's a fighting fish. I'm sure. There you you add, to the, add, add to your little action scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's just weird that this movie is making, like, probably going to make more than the original. And I just feel like no one's talking about it. It's just like, yep, sure was the first one again. Yeah. Wow. The original just felt like this phenomenon of, like, man, Pixar's on fire. They can do no wrong. Yeah. And it's just like, yep, you, you guys can make sequels. So we like, went home and immediately watched Inside Out again. It's yeah, which is a really nice movie. I should I should probably see Inside Out. It's probably your favorite Pixar it's, movie. It's it's a movie I've really wanted to see, but I haven't gotten yeah. well, to. It's real good. I have so many movies I need to watch. <laughs> movies movies are great, dude. I've got like, let me let me see here. I'm looking at my uh, looking at my. I'm gonna try and count from over here. So, I've got 17 movies I need to watch. Whoa, they're still in their shrink wrap. Jeez. <laughs> I, I've got a movie called uh, what is it? Alien Resurrection. Oh, hey, you need to watch that. Yeah, I, I'm sure I need to watch that. You do. It's absolute essential <laughs> viewing. Uh, and then Prometheus. Oh, oh no, we're stopping there. I don't have that one. <laughs> you can. Nah. I know your address. No, 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 no. I know your address. You just it's walk home and there's like a copy of Prometheus on your front door. And, 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 like, no! and Red, if like your friends give you something, you have to like watch it or play it. I mean, yes, I would, would watch you. it if you sent it to me, but I'm asking you not to. <laughs> I have not played Honestly, is Prometheus really as bad as Alien Resurrection? It's pretty fucking dismal. Really? Jesus. It's, it's, but it's like by Ridley Scott and it has like the grandiose staging and everything. Of the and first it, feel, it kind of feels more like a real movie, which just makes the fact that it's really <laughs> bad just kind Ugh. of worse. Yeah, it's got all of that framing, but it just Ugh. fails so miraculously. Just on a story <laughs> character level, none of the characters make sense. None of them like have any like definable want. Uh, I yeah, saw that like... video from Reddit Letter Media where they're just like, why was character doing this? Why yeah. did this happen for like mm-hmm. 20 minutes of like things they can't explain about this yeah. movie? Yeah. It wasn't just, just like plot nitpicking. It wasn't like a random sentences. series of things happening, but for what? Like there's no stakes. There's no reason. There's no conviction. It's just mm. eh, it's, no a, movie's, a movie's happening because it's a movie. There is no ending. No. <laughs> Well, you've convinced me now I have to see it. You absolutely have to. I walked out of the movie, like, because I was kind of young when that came out. I walked out of the movie. I was like, yeah, that was good. And then I thought about it for, like, the next couple days. Because mm-hmm. it feels like a real movie. Because Ridley Scott directs it. And he can make movies that feel like good movies. Even when yeah. so often they're not. Um, yeah. You don't need to see Prometheus. It's very bad. No, it's, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. So, back to Finding Dory. Mm-hmm. Watching this movie made me way less excited about The Incredibles 2 because I think they're just going to make the same movie again. Yeah. I'm kinda, the Incredibles does not strike me as a movie that needs a sequel anyway. Yeah. yeah. So here's the crazy thing. Finding Dory is like 13 years after the original. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But story-wise, they're like, and then the next a year later, and like the characters are exactly where you left them. Yeah. Because <sighs> like... So Incredibles 2 will be 15 years after the original. Yeah. And the way, if I was directing the sequel, I would age them 15 years. 
That's what Toy Story 3 did, and people seem to like that. Even though to some degree, but Toy Story's a story that had to move forward. Mm -hmm. The point was the kid growing up. Yeah, and Toy Story 3 covered a lot of the same thematic ground as the other ones, but it was... It it had more stuff to it. I think Toy Story 3 brought a lot of the same elements back because it, it's a story that needed to kind of wrap around on itself because it's mm-hmm. cyclical in nature. Oh, yeah. I rewatched Toy Story after after Finding Dory, and I was like, oh, yes, this is a very good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that because I haven't seen Toy Story 3, actually. Oh, dude. Yeah, I know. It's but really, then, really good. They're making a Toy Story 4. No! What?! Yeah. No. Yeah. That can't happen. It's so ins- it ends Toy Story 3 ends on the yeah. same wallpaper as Toy Story 1 opens on. It yeah. has a It's perfect, so sad. So perfect. Yeah. Ugh. So With Toy Story I, 3 it's like there's a lot of there's it's just like the last 20 minutes is perfect. Yeah. It's like you can say you can yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm yeah I'm okay with Toy Story three being good because I haven't seen it but like in general now I'm suspicious of Pixar sequels. Oh yeah, Monsters University was whatever, uh, and Cars Cars three is coming. Oh whatever. But yeah, if I did Incredibles two, I'd want them to age, and we'll see if they do that because I think mm-hmm. that would make for a way more interesting story if like the really fast kid is now like a twenty something in a dead end job or something. <laughs> Like, guy sitting in a retirement home, see, it was put turns on the news and then goes, "Oh man, where is my super? Su- oh no, <laughs> no, sitting back down." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it would change the characters. Whereas, yep. yeah, I haven't seen Toy Story three. I've mentioned that several times, but like, even though it ages in time, Buzz and Woody are going to be the same characters because they're toys; they don't age, mm-hmm. so they kind of have an out that way, you know? Yeah. And then Finding Dory was just like, "Nope, we're not going to age in him at all." So, Weird. but it was a good, it was a good movie. It's just, <laughs> it's like, wow, you could make this in your sleep. This is the kind of good yeah. that you could do effort just without any, I know, without they're on, yeah, they're on such a level where they can make stuff that's better than like 90% of other movies without really trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sad as well. And you can just feel the, the not trying <laughs> when you're just inside out. Oh, so good. I, do you remember, did anybody, any of you see The Good Dinosaur? No. No. I did not see it. It just vanished, as far <laughs> as I could tell. Mm. Like, that movie existed briefly, and then stopped existing. <laughs> Weird. So, yeah, that's it for movies, because I didn't see Independence Day. Mm. It was originally on the list of, like, oh, this is what we're going to see this week, and then the reviews came out, and it's just like, eh, we cannot pass we're, on that. We're good. So that's the first fatality but we'll probably see, end up seeing Ghostbusters and Star Trek, cool. which were movies that were like, eh, as well. Yeah. On the first trailers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not J.J. Abrams, right? Oh, on really? the new Star Trek. Yeah, I didn't see the which second is, one, though. It was really bad, apparently. Well, I didn't yeah. see it. So I'm I heard it was this. really bad, so I was like, yeah. oh, but I really like the first one. What happened? Mm-hmm. So that's it for movies. Uh, so, as far as games went, I thought... I'm bad at talking. I far forgot I played Mighty Number no. Nine because I spent the whole two weeks playing Mega Dimension Neptunia V2. Uh-huh. <laughs> that title, it's like, so good. It's perfect. Ooh. It's it's such a clever title. 
because it's the seventh because it's the seventh game, but it's yeah. victory two. But it's victory two. And yeah, right up there with the Resident E seven and and Bio Biohazard thing. Yeah, it's still brilliant. Brilliant? Oh no, they're stupid. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, so very early stuff. The funny thing is that this game feels like a sequel way more than any of the others have so far. Like Mm, they're making they're making a lot more references to the events of Rebirth two and three. Oh, cool. But I I like that. In general, we're going to talk about that one next week yeah. because it comes out on Steam in like four days. It comes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm finally going to be united with my baby. <laughs> come Uzume. to come, come to me, Uzume Chan. She's so cool. And Umio, gotta and love Umio's, that. Umio is such a sweetheart. He's so good. Yeah, I'm glad that it, like that, that, like we they have wrote... a male character in these games that is just yeah. like a true gentleman. It seems yeah, like he's great. And they continue the trend of, like, all the males, like, random passerbyers being, like, total trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, the world is, I mean, bad shit is happening. And then you show up to save the day, and they just go, oh, I love you, Ram and Ram. You please be my lowly goddesses. Like, fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. It's so weird and creepy. Yeah. They have a move called, like, low lie oh, supreme. My. Oh my god. These games are trash in the best way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like there's there's so much self-awareness there that like you just you can't like they don't take themselves too seriously yeah. and that's what really oh, makes them special. Yeah. There's one aspect of this game that keeps coming up that's really funny. Just like the level of meta it has gotten. Yeah. Is really funny where characters in the world ship Neptune and Noir. That's real funny. Yeah, that comes up like four or five times. It's really weird. <laughs> Everyone ships them except them. Oh, that's funny. So that's I finished funny. that game last night and got the normal ending, and I'm going to go back through to get the true ending. We're, we're going to talk about that on episode 50, though, because yep. I'm, I'm going to... 50 is the Neptunia episode. Yeah, 50 is the Neptunia Zero Time Dilemma episode. We're just busting out all the big ones. These are like most... Well, for me, it's like... Two of my most anticipated games of the year in a row. And it's just like, yep. I mean, like, it's like everybody says, like, summer is the worst time for games. Like, dog, you seen my summer? It's looking <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> got, uh, like, 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 person I'm sharing a Steam account with, they got Danganronpa 2 recently. Oh, so it's just like, dog, I'm in for some good fucking times. You got a zero time dilemma. I have a, I have a zero time <laughs> dilemma. Yeah, yeah. Especially since I'm going to be actually working for a couple months. So so now, like, that free time gets cut down a little bit. Yeah, I've noticed that by being employed. <laughs> that definitely is a thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it, though. It's going to keep me from going insane. Yeah. 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 That's plus. So you done anything else, Rhett? No, I just pl- I napped really hard. Napped real hard. You just, like, your net bladder is a... Uh... <laughs> Your net bladder. <laughs> Is it possible to nap too hard? <laughs> you've done some. You've done some. Uh, t- I, ate, I ate a ton of pudding and just. You woke up in a pile of pudding. What <laughs> happened? I napped way too hard last night. Your net black exploded. You're gonna have to have a transplant. So you're gonna get it on Steam, right? No, I already played nope. it. Why would I? Do? I wasn't sure if you were gonna get it. I wasn't sure if you're gonna double dip or not. Nah, I don't really do that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, cool. I will say 
like it's great that the PS4 has a share button because I take a lot of screenshots playing these games. Yeah, I noticed. I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't posting any dialogue stuff though. Like no, no I was dialogue. Just... There, there were some cool picks that I can't wait to see the context of. Yeah, I was just like doing like, oh, here's a cute costume. Here's here's Uni's tummy. Here's Uni's tummy. Here here's it is. Ozume looking amazing. So like a lot of the attacks have like a really great final pose that's always like a fiery explosion and they like turn the bloom super high that that stuff's all good and it's really funny when the the last hit misses (laughs) it's this amazing looking explosion with the word miss on it (laughs) and i had i had the strongest attack in the game as far as i know miss oh my god on like a super important final boss and it's just like (laughs) i wish that like because it's, it's in the end that when that final attack missed, they got like the big blank eyes with like black <laughs> outlines. Yeah. So that they would still do the pose, but they'd have that look on their face. Yeah. That would be really cool. It was. It's like an exe that uses two bars and is only one hit. Oh wow! It's like the biggest hit in the game, and it fucking missed on the final <laughs> boss. It wasn't the final boss, but it was super late game, and I'm just like, really. Really? <laughs> it's really funny that the I, attack that does one, that's one attack, yeah, is the most dramatic. <laughs> Makes stuff. sense that that's where to go from the highs of Neptunia 1. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing is just like pulling out a sword, charging, charging, charging. It's, I think, like, they, they, that's all of Blonde's um, EXE drives, I think, is that, like, they're always, like, yeah. hits, but they're always, like, these ridiculous wind-ups for one ridiculously stupid hard hit. Yeah. The balance in that game is weird, though. Like, EXEs aren't the all-end, be-all things anymore because they got rid oh. of guard-breaking. I think that's good. Uh, Sounds like they made a really smart decision there. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think there was after... plenty of that in the verse games. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely got a little tired by... Rebirth 3. Yeah, by Rebirth 3, I was just kind of like spamming EXEs as quickly as I could, and then just like kind of spend the rest of the fight building the gauge and not Mm. even worrying about breaking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Rebirth 1 actually had the most kind of momentum as far as like, okay, I got the break, and so I have like two turns to... Oh, they're healing! EXEs. Yeah, and the way the boss is healed in that one, I think it... Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if it was my favorite... I'm not sure if it was my favorite combat system, but it like had the most intensity, I think. Yeah, yeah. And the way they kind of lost... reworked the SP system was really smart, too. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of funny in this, in Mega Dimension, when you realize, like, wait a second, the EXE and, like, the normal attack that uses 130 SP are both doing, like, 5,000 damage. Cause it, and it'll straight up say on the screen, like, here's, like, the damage rating for this. So you realize you don't have to be using EXEs all the time. Yeah, that's really cool. Because, like, SP is almost worth more because you can build meter so quickly towards the end of the game. Yeah. Like, I have some char- some characters using their rush attacks on two enemies at once will get four bars. Like, oh, jeez. It's, it's super fast. You are burning that shit in this game. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So now that you're all nepped out for now, yeah. we'll, we'll save the rest... Uh... For our big episode 50, John Thire. Hi. <laughs> nice delay. I like that. Waiting for dramatic effect. 
yeah, obviously. Good, good, man. You're like you're learning all about that movie framing from Ridley Scott. I see. It's like you make us think this is going to be a good portion of the episode, and then it's like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> afraid not. Mm-hmm. John Thire, my friend, what have you been doing? Okay, um, I started Shin Sekayori. Mm. I'm about ten episodes in, and that show's real good. I'm really. Uh, are excited. you t- okay? Wait, have you seen episode ten? I think I'm nine episodes in. I remember okay. it was like seven, eight, nine, or ten was like the big deal episode. There yes. are a lot of big deal episodes that happen in uh-huh. that show. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, she just ran into the kitty cat. So ten just is very ten. important. Ten is the big episode for me personally. Well, well it ten is the last couple. It is absolutely huge. But ten cool. is a huge standout for the middle of the show. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll probably watch that tonight then. Yeah, like me um, and Matt were like, I don't know if we should like like we know John started watching it, but I don't know if we should yeah. talk much about it because I don't want to spoil it because exactly yeah that's right. past, thinking... like the first part like like because see like when I first watched the show mm-hmm. like I was watching it by myself and I got to episode seven and I was mm-hmm. like okay I'm done I'll just watch this some other time and then life got busy and I didn't come back to it for like two years and then I come back <laughs> oh and wow. And me and Rhett watched the first seven episodes together. It's like, okay, okay. And then we get to episode eight and like, wait, what? Rhett, what's just, going on? What the <laughs> fuck just happened? I yeah. can't believe you stopped on that episode. That's so funny. It's the it's it's so perfect. Because, yeah, this... that episode eight is such a, like, a middle finger to the Hard audience. Turn. Like, you don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, you have no clue. God. Welcome to Gay Town. And everybody's gay now. Everybody's gay! <laughs> oh my god. Which I was 100% on board with. Don't oh, get me every, wrong. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, was, that was actually the thing. Was Someone didn't like how the show had queer characters and was mad about how it... Not, not mad that they had queer characters, but didn't like how it treated them and was really pissy about it. And... Like, it sounded, like, super legitimately however they were. And then that reminded me, oh, yeah, this is a show that all my friends like. I should start watching it. <laughs> so well, I just was... the way queer characters are treated in, 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 in that show. Mm-hmm. The fucking kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. things are going to be weird and shitty because you're a teenager in a fucking relationship. It's mm-hmm. really weird. And not to mention, you know, the weird shit going on. <laughs> oh, there's there's weird shit in that show. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> you know, but it's just like it, it, it's like like I know a lot of people bitch about like the weird ass love story in a show like Psychono, but it's just like I think there's a lot of honesty in that show as well. It's like yeah, it may be weird and it may be hard to watch and it may be cringy, but yeah. the two main characters are their children. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a love story, but it's a teenage love story. And there's a lot of awkwardness in being a Sex teenager. Really yeah. And she's like, yeah, things are going to be weird, awkward and crazy on top of, you know, the anime stupidity that you get thrown into. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yori is fantastic. I'm really it, excited. to. Oh, boy. I'm excited to see your reactions yeah. to that show. Cool. Wait. Probably later tonight. Just like, what? Yeah. That's More. like every episode for. Yeah, mm. every time we would get to the end of a session, it was just like I didn't really want to stop. Because mm-hmm. like me and Rhett would usually watch like two to four episodes a night or something, uh, and like every time we stopped, it's like there was part of me it was just like, can we just like keep going? <laughs> like I just wanted to keep going. Like the next episode would be right there. It was just like, oh, okay, but you know you don't want to because it gets to elfin lead levels of. Oh, God damn it. Why did you end there? 
And since I'd already seen it, I was definitely like, oh no, we don't want to do the next yeah, episode. It was cause... really good because, like, Rhett's guidance actually was really good. It's kind of what kept that show at an interesting pace for me uh, because, it, it, we, like, we stopped on just the right episode every time. Cool. Yeah, I'm really. Anime is really good. Life is good. Is it? <laughs> Is anime really good, or is it just like there are some shining examples? Okay, fair yeah. point. Um, I read Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, have you all ever seen that? Nope. It's nope. it's a it's just a book. It's a comic book about comic books and how comic books work. Okay. And it's also games I don't read. <laughs> and it's also um, basically about art. So it kind of is in the same sphere as like. Um, Film Cred Hulk screenwriting 101 book. It's just, and, um, it's just very meta thing. Extremely meta thing. Yeah, like the page, I, one of the pages I posted was um, him, a panel with the Senepaun pipe image. And then oh. he, the character goes, so this is obviously Senepaun pipe. Correct. It's not a pipe. It's a painting of a pipe. Beat. Well, really, it's a drawing of a painting of a pipe. Well, no, it's technically a printed copy of a painting of a pipe and 10 of them because there's these 10 panels here. And then I paused for a second and then I was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm reading this on my phone. <laughs> it's a digital production. So it's a digital production. And then I posted it on Twitter. Oh, God. Oh, my God. The wormhole just keeps going. <laughs> so, um, so what's the name of this again? Understanding comics. It's a real quick read, and it's a great art, great um, writing, and it's just probably the best. It's probably the best book about art that I read. Um, That's cool beans. Yeah, it's good shit. It's the best book about art and about making art, Um, and it's kind of in the same sphere for me as like that film Crit Hulk's screenwriting one hundred and one book and Anna Anthropy's books like Rise of the Video Game Zinesters and a Game Design Vocabulary. Just real good writing about the creative process. The the video game vocabulary thing is one I probably need to check out. It's real good. Because like, you know, I know that when we were going when we when you and me were making Operation K A T B, that was like the first thing we did was sit down and be like, what are the verbs that make yep. this game function? And when we did that, it it gave us this solid game plan that got us right through beginning to end. And it was Yeah, just I like, remember just sitting in class and thinking like I feel like we need to do a lot of like moving vertically. Yeah. We do that. Yeah. Wait a minute. And then it all just kind of came from there. Yeah. It was really, really, it was really interesting way because like, you know, having like only done like game prototypes and stuff myself, it was really interesting to kind of like go over it with you in that way. And like, write like, you know, with a little notepad writing down, like what are the verbs that we need to do? We need to move. We need to jump. We need to kiss. Kiss. (laughs) Yes, of course. Uh, And it was just really cool approaching game design from that standpoint. Um, yep. It was really interesting. Game design vocabulary was really good. Yeah, I'm going to have to read that. Yeah. Uh, the um, There's two chat. There's two. It's in two halves one by Anna Anthropy and one by um, Naomi. Shit. Um, That's probably not her last name. I've got this. Um, but it's a. Uh, and her chapter is a lot more conceptual. Mm-hmm. And it's still good. It's just it wasn't quite as useful to me specifically. Gotcha. Um, so you can kind of approach it as these Naomi Clark. Um, you can approach it as these kind of two interesting books. Um, yeah, that's a real fantastic book. Cool. Cool. Um, 
And Anne and I watched Sleepless in Seattle. And then we immediately watched the director's commentary of Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we watched the director's commentary of Sleepless in Seattle. Jesus. Um, we really like um, Nora Ephron's stuff. We re- um, when Harry Met Sally is one of our favorite movies. Certainly one mm-hmm. of our favorite mm-hmm. romantic comedies. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a really good movie. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's probably the best movie about heterosexual people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what it's. It fails the Bechtel test. Absolutely. For both genders. Yeah. There's no scene where two men sit together talking about something other than a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And then the whole thesis is that they start off and he's like, men and women can never be friends. And then at the end of the movie, they get together. And then for 10 years in between, they become really good friends. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Um, Sleepless in Seattle is just kind of a really cool meta rom-com. Yeah. They don't meet until the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a whole exercise in making a love story feel earned without having the people actually interact. And... So it's basically sort of about like how movies convey love and the feelings of love. It's like the build up to a really good cum. Yes. Yeah. Only in this case, the cum is two people holding hands. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, way lewd, by the way. And it is a romance. That's what got it. That's what got it at Sensei 17 rating. It's a romance gasm. It was yeah. banned in Australia and Japan. Yeah. They almost, they almost had to cut that final scene out, but the director was very insistent. Yeah. Oh my God! We yeah, Nora Ephron's and um, Dahlia's Dahlia's um, Ephron's commentary was really insightful too. That's always cool. I actually find myself like when I like a movie, I always like go to the menus like and hope that there's some director commentary because I always really want to find out stuff like that. I did that with uh, uh, Live Free or Die Hard when I went back and rewatched those couple of Die Hard movies. Not I didn't watch the, any commentary for A Good Day to Die Hard because the only commentary you'd need on that is just. <laughs> But I watched the Live Free or Die Hard, which was uh, the director and Bruce Willis, and it was just really interesting because it was just like, oh wait, like it's like, yeah, we're filming this in the same warehouse in a scene that we filmed. Uh, it, it, we filmed another scene in Die Hard Two in, and it was a completely different kind of scene. And it turns out a lot of movies use this warehouse to to film scenes that look like they're under airports or in warehouses, and so it's like that's really cool shit. Cool, fucking cool. Yeah. Um, bet- between Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron, mm-hmm. we kind of feel like we had like the perspective of love in these movies with um, between When Harry Met Sally and Princess Bride and mm-hmm. um, and um, Sleepless in Seattle. We're like um, Princess Bride. They just take their love as a constant at the start of the movie and then everything else flows from that. Right. They're in love and then everything else is a result of that. Right, right. And then when Harry met Sally, you get to actually watch the process of people falling in love organically. Yeah. And it feels real and makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then Sleepless in Seattle is all those moments leading up to meeting somebody that take on this kind of renewed, huge significance in retrospect. Like how Anna decided to pick the two o'clock astronomy class at fsu because the one o'clock class was full Mm -hmm. and therefore we met (laughs) yeah that's interesting story so and then all the little things like that so who asked who out first oh anna asked me out really she Uh. like i was really dense about it too 
See, oh, like, yeah, I can <laughs> see you being real fucking dense about something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That was my she was my first girlfriend too, so it was nice. Um, Sorry to, to derail there. It was just an interesting. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense. Was just, I was yeah, just thinking, no, like, who asked who out in this? Can I tell you something really funny? Sure. I was the thirteenth or fourteenth boy she'd asked out. Um, where she would hadn't dated anybody in college in high school. Uh-huh. So when she got to college, she was just like, "Fuck it, date everybody." <laughs> I'm gonna figure this shit out. And then she was like, "He's cute. I'm not gonna let myself get a crush on him. I'm just going to go ask him out and see if he's actually a cool person." Uh-huh. And then he, she went on a couple lousy dates, and then several of the guys turned out to be gay. And then she set up some of the gay guys, and then she met me. Oh. <laughs> And it was really nice. And then we got married and lived happily ever after. And then we watched a bunch of rom-coms together forever. And then, and then you got whipped. <laughs> I know. That next thing you know, he's banned from playing Neptunia. Yeah. Next thing you know. I got the Vita now, so that's safe. <laughs> um, just under the covers. <laughs> well, assu- oh, assume the proper net playing position. <laughs> under the cover, hands down, pants. <laughs> Optional. Optional. So, yeah, yeah, in the streets, Iris Heart in the sheets. There you go. <laughs> With um, So between Princess Bride and When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle, we kind of have this vision of love in the past, the present, and the future. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's really cool, I think. Absolutely. Um, my heart's kind of beating out of my chest, and I'm a little bit out of breath because I'm really nervous. Because mm-hmm. the most meaningful experience i had with a game and a piece of art this last couple weeks by far uh-huh um uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. no i'm just legit nervous was a porn visual novel oh awesome oh <sighs> do tell um tell us all about okay did you read my twitter dms uh yeah 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 okay i know about it but i want you to tell us about it i don't do you, know about hey it. You really do? I really want to hear about it. Tell me okay. all the delicious details. So someone made my game. Uh-oh. Um, oh. Uh, Sexy Spider Ladies and John, the video game. Much, much more so than that. Um, and getting eaten by snakes. Um, there's more. three. There's, it's a visual novel with um, three really hot boys. Mm-hmm. And you meet them at like clubs and such. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't actually gender the main character, which I think is really cool. That's really cool. Even in the context of like explicit scenes and whatnot, they don't gender or genital your character. That's really interesting. That would that would be some creative writing there it, to like it, work your way around talking about geez. genitalia in sex scenes. It's really clever. Yeah, I would have to actually. I would want to see that writing because I'd be interested in that. Does this game have a name? Yeah, this game needs I'll a tell name. You in a, I'll tell you in a minute. Um. Okay, um, so there's about 40 endings or so. Uh, in one afternoon. Most, most of them involve your grisly murder. Oh, good! Because all of the, the three hot boys are um, sadistic serial killers. Oh, that's fantastic. Who kidnap you at the start of each of the roots. Uh-huh. All the things progress from there. I kind of like this setup so far. Yeah, and then they torture and murder you. Um, huh. In most of the endings. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it's it's really good. Um, <laughs> like I think it's an interesting concept. It's oh my god. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just a little flustered. You know, just a little. I'm just kind of red a in the face. John, I just heard your dick bounce off the mic. <laughs> oh my god! Just 
Wow, is that the warning? All right, it's called just it's called boyfriend to death. Boyfriend to death. I'm not looking it up on Google. I like the Tumblr post because it has this warning screen. Uh huh. That's pretty great. Let me just put that in the chat. Put that in the chat. Let's see here. I can't believe it. <laughs> My God, John, calm down. Oh, it's just porn. Okay. This game is a, just... has an impossible to Google title. I got a bunch of actual murders, so yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Here, I'll just put that in the chat. There is we this... go. I don't see anything. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, okay. There we live go. podcast, people. Live podcast, folks. This game is <laughs> horror porn. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> It's like all John had to see was those last two words. Oh my god. Okay, should I just read the whole thing? Go for no, it. No, don't. Do it. Read it. Warning. Epilepsy. Shaking screen. Extreme violence. Non-sexual, non-consensual sex acts. Full nudity. Extreme gore. Use of alcohol. Use of drugs. Non-consensual use of drugs. Self-harm slash suicide. Parasite slash insectophobia. <laughs> what? Mind control slash hallucinations. 18 plus only. I like how that's the last one. Like, you just need to make sure that they know <laughs> after those first 23. Oh, by the way, 18 plus only. Yeah. So somebody made this game, and that's pretty amazing, I think. I think this is, I mean, like I said, like, I don't go for, like, you know, actual torture porn or anything myself. It's not, like, you know, something that I get off to. I just kind of, like, I just kind of, like, really gross and interesting stories sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's something that I would probably look at. Yep. Um, it's very good. I think it's... I haven't uh, done the third character yet, Ryer. Oh. Um, Say so best just, or last. Yeah. Strad Strayed is my favorite. Here, you can just... I've just uh. been kind of gushing over it on my um, <laughs> smut tumbler for the last couple weeks. For the la- no, not for the last couple days. He's been playing this for weeks? Jesus. No, for the last couple days. <laughs> I mean, 40 times. It's yeah, it's a couple days. No, I haven't. Hey, I haven't man, 40, if, you, if, you can, if you can climax 40 times in two days, call me. Ha! Wrong one. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's the good stuff. Ah, he's, he looks like oh, he's to have yeah. a good time. It's a moral choice. I bet. I bet it's just like, how do you want to help me fix my house? (laughs) The character's holding a power drill and a hammer. Oh, no. This is not cool. And uh, he's probably going to ask me, how do you think I should fix the cabinet behind me? There you go. Yeah. I don't think this is going to involve any of those uh, either smacking my body or... uh, any kind of drill bits entering my body in any way. Yes, he looks pretty normal. Look, D, it's all normal. Yeah, Strahd's my favorite. Is his name Jane, or is that your character? That's my character. I don't know. Jane Thayer. I like it. <sighs> I'd, so, yeah. I'd ship it. You like Arts. you like this character because he looks a lot like you, don't you? <laughs> he does not. He has really long hair. <laughs> You just want okay. to, that's why you got a haircut. You were too afraid of this is what you were becoming. <laughs> uh, I really was needing to gush about the scandal. Uh, uh, did you get the release you need? I want to post it on my Twitter with my John Thyer name. 
But, you know, if I'm applying to a job, I don't think anybody's going to be That's probably. Our socks cast. But you use your real name on your, on your, on your Dumbler. And your, or not your Dumbler, but your Twitter. Mm-hmm. Not a good idea for future employers to want to see. <laughs> yep. oh, B- Big John was talking about that uh, in, in, on his stream earlier <laughs> about how people, you know, like, with, with used their full names and stuff and, like, apply for jobs in the kind of fields that he goes to, but people go there and it's just like, you see a bunch of anime porn and he's just like, I wonder why I didn't get the job. <laughs> you know, you segued there from John using his real name to, to Big, Big, John, Big John. And I thought, oh, that's what he calls it. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was talking weird. It has a Twitch channel. God, I, w- I felt like I was walking on sunshine for the last three or two oh or three days. God. Just like, I can't believe someone made this game for me. They did. They made it just did you- Okay, there's 40 roots. Did you get to the insectophobia one? I haven't gone to the insectophobia. Oh, I got Jesus. to the forced self-cannibalism one. Oh my so. god. <laughs> we have to stop. <laughs> any it's... any porn game with a sanity meter, I feel like, is kind of on my level. Oh my god. So I feel pretty. I've been feeling just... I literally like was kind of spinning around in my cubicle today. Like, life is so beautiful. <laughs> spinning around, thinking about where that hammer and drill are going. Oh... If I made a game like this, it would be a cute anime girl, and the moral choice at the beginning would be, do you want vanilla, or do you want vanilla? (laughs) (laughs) I look at, like, literally anybody's porn blog, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, chill out, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You need to have, like, more tasteful porn blogs, like anime girls love where it's a dick. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I chatted over then, and I think I'm finally gonna, I'm gonna be able to restart my second secret Tumblr. There you go. For the shit too hard for your adorable secret tumbler. For my adorable pastel secret tumbler. Uh, life is good. John's tastes are so far out there, he needs fucking two tumblers to cover them all. <laughs> you are so hardcore, man! Look, there's the uh, regular one, and then there's the one they don't show in Japan and Australia. <laughs> John NC-17, that's what she should call it. Banned oh, in the UK. Um... Oh, yeah, I remember kind of the academic point I wanted to make in relation to this. Okay. Um, (laughs) So have you seen, like, stuff around, like, Yandare Simulator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It seems kind of gross, where I looked at, I look at the, um, it's, you play as a schoolgirl murdering and torturing a bunch of other schoolgirls. Yeah. If you look on, I looked on the, like, YouTube, the commented YouTube playthroughs and the comments in those YouTube playthroughs, and they're full of, like, bitch and whore and lots of gendered it's insults. It's basically it's just a lot of, uh, you know, you get your 4chan Gamergate crowd. Yeah. yeah. Really. Like, I get what it's going for, but, like, the creator has also been kind of skeevy himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, oh, point... SJWs can't handle my game. Blah, blah, blah. So I feel like the thing with Yandari Simulator is that it's porn and it's masquerading as like, oh, look at this funny yeah look this funny like thing that i really thought out but no it's just really torture porn yeah and like own that if you want yeah like that's (laughs) that would be like the thing and that's the thing of like it's the same problem i have with people that bitch about censorship or Mm -hmm. or clothes getting changed in games it's like dude you're not pissed off about any ideal of censorship 
You're just mm-hmm. mad because you can't jack off to a 14-year-old in a skimpy swimsuit. If you would own that, I don't, like, condone it, and I'm not going to respect you or anything, but I would at least give it to you and say, like, you know what? You own your shit. You're doing you. But, you know, you're, you're going to throw this false pretense out of mm-hmm. your bullshitty, oh, I'm so high-minded, and this is censorship, <laughs> original intentions. No, you just but, want yeah. your penis. But the thing is, like, a lot of the censorship, air quotes, is that it is the original intention of the author to change something mm-hmm. later yeah. in development. Yeah. Like, hey, we changed Tracer's butt, or the Street Fighter Five one. <laughs> yeah, like, there was a, a quote from a localization uh, interview that I saw earlier this week that was from, like, an original Japanese creator of a game that I guess got sent, like, I don't know the context, but it was just like... None of these decisions were made by the U.S. branch. We made these decisions because we want to appeal to a wider audience in this territory. Mm. And for us to do that, some things are needed to be changed. And that's why we made those changes. Oh, is that... I forget what game that was. I can't remember what it was, but... Was it... Was it Nisa? Or... I I forget who it was. Like, I I don't... I, I actually think there is maybe... A slippery slope of Japanese companies trying to do what they think is popular over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they might, and often do, kind of get the wrong impression Absolutely. of like, oh, the, the Americans are so sex negative, we got to cut yeah. everything up. Yeah, I definitely think that that is an impression that some developers do get, but yeah. it seems most of them have their head on straight. Yeah. Uh, for the, yeah, so with the Yandari simulator kind of attracting the 4chan crowd is sort of what I mean. Where it's like, this guy is being disingenuous about the thing that he's making. And that's and... basically the entire mentality of your fortune yeah. generation. It's just disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead it's... of just owning it. Yeah. Just it's like, still it. amazing to me. That was Katawa Shoujo kind of came yeah. out from that as well, though. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think that did totally own it. Yeah. Katawa Shoujo owned it. And like what I read of it was genuinely pretty good. I thought the writing mm-hmm. was kind of sloppy in places. And I just like... You know, like, you know, I didn't really like I think that it was actually more than just fetishization. Like it started out as an idea of just fetishization. But Mm -hmm. the stories that they made around those characters actually had some depth. And at the end, even though there is sex involved, it wasn't just fetishization of disabilities. Yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing with something like Boyfriend to Death. Yeah. Is that by just kind of going for it. Mm-hmm. And then they can, from there, you can kind of figure out the ways that you can, while maintaining the indulgent aspect you're after, figuring out extra ways to be kind of a little more responsible. Like having the gender neutral avatar yeah, um, just frames the violence so much differently than in a game where you can only kill schoolgirls, like mm-hmm. Yandari Simulator. Yeah. So that's, so there you go. There's something right there. Um, and how some of the writing is actually kind of affecting Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, I got to the ending where you survive with one of the characters. Oh, oh, and you're, <laughs> but you're still missing a limb. <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's some supernatural aspects to the boyfriend to death that felt kind of out of place with one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they included Strahd, who is not that. Mm. Um, but you know, that's also kind of fun, a fun aspect to embrace, I think. And they're making a sequel. Oh, well, there you go. Like, these people, they found their audience in one John Thire, and they're just like, hey, <laughs> And John many Thire. other people, there's a tag, and people were, like, finding my things and be like, yeah! 
I am oh so scared to click that tab or that tag. Well, there's no, I don't think there's any actual explicit art in the game because, oh, best to be. because you can't, because you're, they don't show your character at all. Oh, right. So it's all through the text. That's kind of what Corpse Party does. Corpse Party is a game that uses these very cute sprites uh, from a 16 mm-hmm. you know, bit games. But the writing is very graphic and very visceral and very affecting. So, like, and they don't actually show the gore on screen. They just, like, you know, do a fade to black and do, like, mm-hmm. a novel wipe. And, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of run some text on the screen. It's just like, that's, you know, that can be really affecting. Because your imagination can yeah. be way worse than actually just showing you something. And that's actually good for budget stuff, too. Which yeah. is another thing Zero Time Dilemma is kind of good at. Yeah, I guess thinking about it, like Higurashi and Umineko, the visual novels are the same way where, especially Umineko will be describing oh some pretty God. horrible shit, but they never show it at least. Yeah, it's never shown. You'll get like a blood splatter fly and, yeah. then, and then like three but they're pages, describing like three pages of the carnage. It's like, oh my God, I feel a little sick. A pile me. of corpses here. This head is split open and the neck is slashed and blah, blah, blah. Some intestines <laughs> out there, I think. Oh god! They yeah. got real, real into writing the gore for that game. <sighs> Too bad about writing an ending. Oh my god! That <laughs> ending, ending go fuck off. I'm gonna oh tease my god, there's Polly so much fan art. forever. God, that ending! I've <laughs> I've yeah. never been more infuriated about an ending in my fuck. Like I've I vowed to just never read anything by him again because I know that I know his philosophy on mystery is I can write myself into a corner and you're stupid for wanting an answer because I'm the writer. God, fuck off! I love, I love just triggering you by saying Umineko though because I still have good feelings for that series overall. God, even if it didn't end. Ending just. <laughs> Episode six, though. It's real fucking good. I know it's real good until I the end. I hate myself for liking that. And then it ends, and then you're like very angry. <laughs> so what else did you do, John? Browse the BTD game tag on Tumblr. Apparently, <laughs> jeez. There's so much fan art. I think there's some cosplay. Even if it's a cool little indie project, I'm glad it has its own (laughs) audience. Like, an audience is being served by a lot of people that wouldn't serve that audience, you know? Like, hey, if that's your thing, wholesome serial killer porn. I hope those cosplayers don't do anything naughty. (laughs) (sighs) Just read them about it on the evening news. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Anything else, John? Nope, that is it. Alright, and as for me, I didn't get around to doing much at all because I've been doing something secret. <gasps> secret? Yeah, I spent, I've spent uh, probably the last 10 or 12 days doing game development. Ooh. I'm developing a game, and I'm going to officially announce it right here, SoxCast exclusive, world fucking exclusive. You don't want to save this for episode 50? No. Ah. No. Okay. We're going to go go ahead. Like I've been teasing it on Twitter a lot. And I've been teasing <laughs> Yeah, you it. have. I've Jeez. been teasing it on our Discord a lot. It's of just like weird random things. I'm sure people think it's either a mountain to nothing and I'm full of bullshit or something's going to come up. But believe me, something stupid is going to come from my <laughs> stupidity. 
And I'm, I'm proud to announce that I am fully in development now on my very first major project, uh, other than Operation Kiss All the Boys, which I worked on with John. Um, but this is my first project that I'm taking the rings on and uh, taking on the lion's share of the work with. It's called Poly Dungeon. It is uh, when I'm building a roguelike for the busy person. <laughs> Now, what that, it, what that entails, it's like, I'm going to announce the game, but I'm not going to get too much into the overall mechanics of it, because I still want a lot of this to be a surprise. Um, but I had this idea, and I ran it by John, I ran it by Rhett, and they both kind of really liked the idea. Uh, and then uh, Rhett hit me with a prototype, uh, and I owe a lot of cool. what's, what's currently in place to him. Uh, the engine is... 100% basically finished uh, other than the mechanic that just hit me out of the blue the other night. It was like, no, we got to do this. Uh, so I got to implement that. But the engine is done. All I've got to do at this point is create content. And I've got to create a lot of content because, hey, it's a roguelike. Roguelikes have what? 20 floors. So I've got to generate 20 floors of randomized content for this to be, you know, a true roguelike. Um, there's going to be a lot of surprises. It's going to be a real big adventure. I think you folks are um, uh, definitely going to love it. we got a lot of fun surprises in store. Um, I like, like I said, I'm taking up uh, head of the project. I'm doing the programming. I'm doing all of the writing, which this game is going to have a lot of. So expect a lot of real stupidity in generating the assets for it. Um, God, what else? You know, just a lot of shit. Uh, Rhett is my coding consultant. Uh, he, like I said, he prototyped it. The engine would not be what it is had he not shot me the prototype, and I just kind of like took that, finessed it a bit into what I needed it to do. Made it, made a few little alterations, and now we've got just a really cool little thing that plays. It's, it's real fun. It's real cool. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and a friend of our, a friend of mine, a friend of ours from the PSO forums. Uh, her name is Ghosty. She is doing our music and uh, handling general audio. She's also throwing ideas my way. Uh, I think uh, Rhett is going to do uh, some writing for it at some point. He's going to do one or two floors of content for me. I think uh, I think I got Ghosty uh, saying that uh, she would want to do one as well. Cool. Uh, so um, you know, just a lot of really good ideas coming in. Uh, you know, this project is fully in production uh, at. Right now, I've finished three out of 20 floors. So this project is a little bit down the line, but it's a long-term project, and it's um, a big project that I'm just kind of really happy to be working on because I've never really worked on... Like, 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 in terms of making games, I've never worked on something this big and ambitious. Uh, and it's just crazy because this started as something real dumb. It started as me just wanting to make fun of John and his terrible <laughs> taste in games. <laughs> And it, how was it was originally Polysaga. Yeah, it was originally Polysaga. Uh, but this game was like basically going to be nothing at first. Like when I, when I started out, this game didn't even have anything resembling graphics. It was just going to be like a black screen and like you press space and it says you died. Yeah, things like that. Like something really dumb. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> the idea just kept ballooning and ballooning and ballooning, and now it's this much bigger thing. And it's like, wait a minute, this is like a game now, and it has a yeah. UI and shit. You keep coming with to me with new ideas. I'm like, what is this game? Why is it? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, like this was never supposed to be this big, and it's 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 got some, like like I don't want to give away some of its inspirations right now. Like, I think you'll see the inspirations, and they they the inspirations kind of accidentally happened. 
um, me, because me and me and Rat were talking about like what what this thing it ended up being, and he was just like, you know, this is kind of like a send up to blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh my god, like we accidentally just like made a like a, a spiritual follow up to these really cool things, um, and even though it's not directly related, um, might find really funny ways to make it related though, just to be funny or or weird. You know, you never know. Like I said, this is. You know, this game is just like 15% done right now. Uh, but it's really cool to have like a big project like this to have in the back of your head. Um, you know, and I'm going to be sure, like, like I said, I've worked like 12 days straight on it. Um, so, you know, like, you got to take time off to like not, like, I'm going to try and pace myself. Like, I'm not going to be in a hurry to get this thing out just because I'm really excited about it because I don't want to burn myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I found, I found myself thinking the other day, I was like, Maybe it should only be ten floors, and I was like, no, no, I can't do that. No, like I'm getting burnout, and I need to put this down, and I need to go do fun things. And then zero time dilemma came the next day, and it was like, okay, there you go. Here's what uh, I'll do: I'll I'll play zero time dilemma, and I'll play some mega dimension Neptunia, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll come back to this with some fresh eyes because I already I already know what I want to do next. I already know the things that I need to implement. I just need to sit down and do them. But right now, like the game's good where it is at like for 12 cool. days of production like it's fully playable like you know you can get to the end of the content that i have created so far um and you know it's bug free thank god um and well, don't worry it's flash so something will yeah something's break. gonna fuck up at some point you know but i've got i've got some people helping test it yeah to keep eyes on that kind of thing uh, but i'm watching it, you you're watching me. You got me. Um, <laughs> has experience with that. Yeah. Oh, Is it Flash I, 4? I, yeah, I'm using Flash 4. <laughs> the spirit lives on. The spirit lives on through me. Like, I am, I am, yeah, yeah. But it's really fun to have, like, a project like this. I'm having a good time. I'm glad I've got some good people, good heads working on it with me. You know, Rhett's just always full of really cool, fun little things and, like, the thinking like Rhett or thinking like Ghost <laughs> has helped me, like, balloon this thing into something that it was never meant to be. Uh, and it's just way more satisfying. Like, when you first... Like, when I sent out the first demo and it was, like, a full playable thing and it was, like, this one floor, it was just, like, it felt so good. It was just, like, now, this is exactly what I need to be doing. And, like, when I got the feedback that people thought... This is funny. This is fun. This is good. It was like, all right, we're on the right track. So yeah, Poly Dungeon. You know, I'm not gonna give you a time estimate of when it's gonna be finished. Um, uh, I know that you know September nineteenth. Like, there you go. Two thousand seventeen. There you go. Now it's not gonna take me a year to finish this, but um, you know, like I like like my estimate on Twitter was something like three months, four months, depending on you know when I want to take a break. Because like I said, I'm not gonna burn myself out because I want to end this project with good feelings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Poly Dungeon, it's gonna happen. Be on the lookout when it comes out. I will announce it. And if there's not a Sox cast that week, I'll even announce it via <laughs> a special Sox cast because it's my god, <laughs> it's my RSS feed. It's back. my game. I'll do what I want. It's my fucking site. Oh, we can uh, do that. You, you know, it'd be cool. What would be cool if, when you first said Poly Dungeon, you played the title screen behind it? I will. Okay, cool. All right. Badass. I'll leave you telling me to do that in. Yeah, I know. I fully expected you to. <laughs> <laughs> That'll give you a little, a little hint. 
of the cool like musical styling we're going for. Um, yeah, it's really cool, uh, I, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's going to be a while. Uh, might give you some updates on how it's going as we do, you know, Sox casts going forward, like Rhett did with Bullet Phase and stuff, and Ugh, I don't, see how it goes. The updates on that were like it's ninety eight percent finished, and it's ninety eight point three percent, ninety nine percent finished. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully things go a little smoother than that. Yeah. I think it will because of you know the nature of this game is a bit simpler than that. It's not as hard. Not as hard. Yeah, I don't think this is definitely this is definitely not as hard. Uh, cool. So, uh, but that's basically all I've been up to. We already talked about my number nine. I'm not going to talk about Zero Time Dilemma until I finish it. I'm not going to talk. You know, I can't talk about Mega Dimension Neptunia. Obviously, saving all that good stuff for the next episode. And that's basically all I've been doing. And now it's time for everybody's favorite portion of the socks cast it's time for some butt steam butt steam butt steam hype it's like farts it it's yeah it's like the reason i call it butt steam i don't know if anybody knows this is because yeah, I, I got that it's it's, it's a fart <laughs> it's from air that comes out of it but uh but yeah if you got if you got some butt steam you want to you, you want to send to me send it to polly at socks make people sexy.net you can screen cap that or send it via a link uh Rhett needs to set this butt steam up for us because it comes from our dear friends at PSO World. Oh boy. The premier fantasy star online video game website destination. Rhett, uh give me give me a heads up. Like, what is this about before I read the, the amazing posts we have? Okay, so PSO2 is action RPG game. You run around and you hit monsters. And a lot of the game right now is centered on 12 person parties. Where you fight a boss and everybody tries to do millions and billions of damage. So there was this program somebody made that would count how much damage everyone was doing. And some people got kind of shitty with that by realizing like, oh, I'm one person doing 30% of the damage. And then they would kind of go around harassing weaker players and shit. And people, they tend to be ugly with this game for some reason, even though it's a super easy game. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a stupid. So, thing. Sega through GameGuard had been continually trying to block this thing, and like it was this cat and mouse thing, and like they think they had finally gotten past it, and then the next day Sega goes, "We're gonna start banning people if we catch you using this shit." Like they put the foot down, and they're like, "Okay, no more, no more damage parser." And let me say this: this is something that needs to be blocked because it's toxic. You can ruin the community. Like, like I fully support Sega's decision to get to to to, to ban it because I think it's yeah. just if you if it's something that can disrupt the community in the way that like you say that it can and has, then fuck it, get it out of here. Yeah, I don't specifically know that it has because a lot ninety percent of the community is in Japan, and you play with friends yeah. anyway. Yeah, and there's but there's been rumblings of like two chan threads based around this thing of like, oh look at these shitty new players, like because they got a lot of new players coming in from the PS4 version yeah yeah and this thing is basically hey shame these new players for being weak yeah so i fully support uh sega's decision to ban this but i don't but i get why they did there's a there's a there's a fella on the good old pso world because i just love making pso world look stupid i'm gonna name him his name is shio (laughs) s-h-i-y-o you idiot He has this to say about this little development. Go fuck yourself, Sega. You're fucking garbage. 
you should want your damn player base to improve and try to strive to be better so that you can create more difficult content. Instead, you let them fester as blundering idiots and don't give a fuck. Gotta cater to the idiot casuals. <laughs> imagine being... Imagine being the kind of person that actually uses the words hardcore and casual and actually means them. And pander. And and pander. Imagine being that kind of person. And like and like how much Cheeto dust you must have on your fingers. <laughs> and how much and how far your neck beard is grown. And how full of shit your diaper is. Imagine that. But but our good friend Shio at PSO World, S H I Y O. Uh, he was not finished. <clears throat> There's there the, he's, he's refri- re- re- yeah replying uh, and replying to somebody else. It says, "Ugh, how am I supposed to know if I'm suck or check on mechanics from now on? Why does Sega want people to be suck forever?" Don't think English is his native language. Not gonna fault him for that. But I do like the wording. I don't want people to be suck forever either. Uh, but uh, our good friend Shio had this to say. Exactly! Now I can't use a tool to help myself improve! And guess what? Give me more reasons to log on and play, because it might hurt some casual's feelings who is playing a hufo and using alt-class talus. Fucking disgusting! <laughs> My god. I think this guy's a little butt mad. Yeah. What do you think, right? Maybe, maybe a little. This is a little bit. He's got some poopy in his ditty. So everybody go to PSO World and tell him to get the poopy out of his ditty. <laughs> we'll send our legions of our people legions, after Our them. legions of three people, one of them. <laughs> I won't say the rest. I saw, there was another post the other day from someone we've had issues with in the past but i thought this post was great it's from big olaf he says i can't believe people still get this argumented over over pso2 of all things it's crazy (laughs) like people get so mad over this game and it's such an easy game and the thing is psu is the same way there were still stat whores in psu like it was way harder though i remember a guy getting super pissy just over one or two ata and was like dude are you kidding me (laughs) He was giving somebody shit over one or two AD, ATA. It was like, dog, uh, good life. Get out of here, you moron. No, if you don't have 140, you won't be able to hit. Or you, will, you, will, you will hit, like, maybe one last time. Maybe? I don't know. Oh, it's so dumb. That game was bad anyways. Yeah, that game, that, game was just... Steam. Well, that game, yeah. So, Bud Steam. That was our, that was our good old Bud Steam. Uh... He's been helping them from our good friends at PSO World, especially Shio, S-H-I-Y. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I want to single this prick out somewhere. <laughs> it's really fun! Yeah, so that's your internet baby diaper full of shit of the episode. Of the Rhett, do we have any news? Uh, there's the whole Twitch stupid emoticon thing. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about that. It's, it's real stupid. It's real stupid. So you can pay for an animated emoticon. They're called bits. And they come in 
varying values, and you pay uh, you pay in funny money, I guess. So it's like like seven bucks for a five hundred or something. Like I don't remember the exact values. I just remember Big John doing a breakdown, and it ends up being something like you pay like twenty five to thirty five percent extra. Like if you wanted to give a streamer ten dollars, you would have to pay yeah. like thirteen fifty to do so. Whereas if you just use your fucking PayPal, you pay a, a, a much smaller PayPal fee to send them that same yeah. amount of money. This is straight up Twitch cutting themselves in, basically. Yeah, and, and they don't see that money for like a month or two. And that part sucks. So it's real dumb. And, and the whole concept of it being animated icons or gifts next to your chat is so stupid. Yeah, because like if you're like, and these are mostly given out, and, and these are only available to certain partnered channels at the moment, but oh, well, they, oh, really? yeah, they'll, they're only available on like 20 partner channels at the moment. Uh, they won't be rolling them out for the rest of the partners um, until later when, you know, it's done but um, the thing about it is, like, you go to a partner channel, more than likely, you know, you throw that emoticon out in chat, it's going to be gone in, like, two seconds. Like, how is a streamer even going to see that? If they're playing a game, they're most likely not going to see one dumb emoticon fly out their screen. Yeah. Whereas if somebody gives you something through Tip Nation or something, you know, if you've got, like... Oh, so yeah, it comes up on the screen. And it'll stuff. pop up on the screen and be like, hey, so-and-so threw you a dollar. And the streamer can be like, hey, thanks for that dollar. Or, hey, thanks for resubscribing. And, and I guess another th- a problem I have with it is just, like, this doesn't really improve Twitch's community or improve Twitch at all. Like, it's, no. it's just another thing you're giving partnered streamers who already have followings. You're not doing anything to help anybody grow. Uh, it's just, like, it, it's a rich-get-richer kind of situation. Yeah. And I think that it's really dumb because... But it's so transparently, hey, we want some of that. Yeah, it's... Twitch, it's, Twitch get richer. Yeah, it's very much like, I want mines. They saw what, like, cam girl sites are doing. They're like, hey, let's do that. Let's cut ourselves in. Yeah, yeah. There are cam girls all over Twitch who, like, have, like... Yeah, I saw there was a thread on NeoGAF where, like, they added something for, like, suggested channels. Yeah! And, and it's... all of the icons were, like, a lot of cleavage. And people were like, uh... And like uh, a little, like you know, you've got gameplay and a little 50 by 50 icon <laughs> there in the bottom right, so it still counts. But Twitch will never ban them because they still pull in money. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, you know, Twitch is real shitty. Uh, There's some. <laughs> they did some Twitch eating. Part. Oh, what was it? You can Twitch eating. Yeah. Yeah, Twitch eating. Yeah. Is this April Fool's Day? Like, I didn't look into it, but is that real? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. But I know that people do cooking, uh, and that's, you know, a thing. Oh, maybe it was, I don't know. You can do cooking. Um, that's fine, because they have a food uh, channel now. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah they did. Uh, like, when they launched that, they showed all of uh, Julia Childs, the French chef. Uh, that was a real good week of TV oh, lots in there. Because that you know, Julia Child was endlessly entertaining. Yeah. Okay, sure. so, like, straight up, how long until there's, like, Twitch nudity? <laughs> like, they just go full cam girl site? I... Because it seems really soon at this rate. Yeah, yeah, like, when you're, like, letting people get away with the obvious things they're getting away with. And... But just the, there's this air of desperation, it seems, now. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I don't even know why they're this desperate, because, like, they have no competition. 
like I don't think Hitbox poses any kind of threat to them, and YouTube <laughs> streaming is a joke. Yeah. So so like, I mean, maybe it's just infrastructure is killing them. It could be. You know, I just I just think that they need to focus more on like visibility and like getting more people that like if 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 they. You know, like, like, when people get partnered and you're able to subscribe to them, Twitch gets half of that subscription. So, like, you pay $5 to subscribe to a channel to show support, they get 250 of that. And a lot of the streamers that I watch, they have, like, five to 1,500 subs easily a month. So it's like, you know, like, if you get more people, get them more visible, and get more people partnered, you can make a lot more money. I bet, like, mathematically, it actually makes more sense to just focus on the super popular people. It probably does. Yeah, because, like, YouTube is just probably, like, fuck everybody that's not PewDiePie or Game Grumps, I bet. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, that's just kind of my way of thinking, though. It's just, I know. It's a good I don't think that, like, humanitarian way of, like, hey, yeah. let's, let's spread it around. Let's but... get everybody big. Like, it's why I don't play competitive games a lot and I don't really like it. It's because, like, when I play games, like, with people... Like, if I'm playing PSO and I find an awesome item, it's like, oh, hey, cool, I got a cool thing. Now let's go see if we can find Red a cool thing. You know, it's like, I'm not, like, like I want everybody to be having a good time. And I think with competition, it's kind of, you know, not as fun. Unless you're playing Dive Kick. Competitive Dive Kick <laughs> is super fun. One of these days. I want to do a stream of me just taking on everybody in Dive Kick. Oh, yeah. Except Red, he's good. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> my Markman got good for a while. Oh, he's, he's real fun. Oh, I love Markman. Just throw shit, and I will make you angry. You hit my spring, bitch! <laughs> Markman's fun for just completely fucking with people. And the angle but of his kick so is very stupid. odd. The angle of his kick is not one you expect. Oh, I thought you said dick. Of course I did. <laughs> Dive dick. Dive dick. Rhett, I think we've got your next big game project. Jeez. Dive dick. Dive dick. So is, uh, is that it for news? Yeah. Do you have any questions? We do. Shoot them. Let's go. This one comes in from Tengu Gemini. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on the recent trend of releasing older video game soundtracks on vinyl? Awesome. Really? I you like it? I have a turntable, and I like vinyl, and I want to get the Hotline Miami vinyls. And I want to get the Streets of Rage vinyl, too. Yeah, see, I was thinking, like, really old stuff, like... That stuff will sound super warm. Like, a lot of that stuff has really good bass and a lot of presence in the mix. And if you get that on vinyl, vinyl has a much warmer sound to it anyway. Hmm. If you get that on some really good speakers, it's going to sound fucking baller. Oh, cool. I had no idea it would be, like, actually better that way. I would absolutely... like, Like, I bet Streets of Rage... Uh, the first Streets of Rage and the second Streets of Rage, I bet those soundtracks are orgasmic on vinyl. Oh, cool. Because they're so, they, like, they have they're like composed in a way that video game soundtracks were not typically composed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and they worked the Genesis hardware in a way that nobody really did. Uh, and, and, and they sound really natural. They've got really clean sample work. Um, and a lot of the sounds that you hear are actually still made by that FM synth. Um, and and it's because like, he just created the instruments in a way that nobody typically did. Uh, And it's really interesting having like looked at breakdowns of how those instruments were made and how he tweaked the FM synths and stuff. It's just, it's really interesting if you're an audio nerd. Uh, but yeah, to answer the question, 
I think it's really cool uh, to have uh, uh, some uh, really older um, game soundtracks on vinyl. Um, I think Contra Hardcore's uh, soundtrack oh, is real interesting on vinyl too. It's gonna oh, shake cool. the thing off the yeah. Needle. It'll probably shake the needle, but that 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 game soundtrack is so bassy and so crisp that I think that all of those frequencies coming together with just that natural warmth and presence would be real interesting. Cool, cool. Okay, this one comes in from Celestial Blade. Mm-hmm. When is hashtag Red Dad going to be a guest or talk about movies and shit? <laughs> we need to have your dad on. That's not happening. Are you sure? If, yeah, what, my parents talking? don't know I have a podcast. Oh. <laughs> What's your dad's email address? No. <laughs> Come on. No. Didn't, we ha- didn't my dad walk through the room Yeah, or something? your dad's been on the podcast before. Yeah. It's yeah. better to keep this a mystery. But uh, I love Rhett's dad stories. I would love to hear more Rhett's dad stories on the podcast. Do you think that, like, like okay, to, to help Chelsea out, do you think, like, in the future, we could get like maybe not like a regular segment, but every once in a while, you'd be like, "Hey, I've got a Rets. I've got a hashtag. A hashtag. Okay. Dad story. You think we could at least uh, get that every once in a while? If he does something funny, I'll keep it in mind. What if we come together and play Dungeons and Dragons with Rhett's dad? Oh, jeez, dude! I would. Rhett's dad is going to be a vampire girl. Oh, okay. Oh, do we have a Rhett's dad story? I'm, I'm, wait, I have to rethink of the context though. Okay. Oh, okay. It was after we saw Ninja Turtles. Uh huh. So in that movie, they have like some purple ooze, and they give it to Bebop and Rocksteady, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, it turns them into different animals. Yeah. And they they're like, oh, that's like your spirit animal, who you really were on the inside. <laughs> and after the movie, my dad is like, oh, I would have been a so and so, and I look at him, I go, you would have been a fucking vampire bat, you idiot. <laughs> Because his whole theme since, like, the 90s has been, I really like vampires. Like, that's his whole thing. He released a movie. He made a fucking movie about vampires. Yep. And he he directed a play. I saw it. It was a real thing starring high school girls. It was super weird. It was about vampires, wasn't it? Yeah, it's called Vampire Girls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is, like, a whole franchise for him. Yeah, and then he's been working on a book. So, yeah, other hashtag Red Dad story. He's been working on a book called Vampire Girl for, like, six years. <laughs> and then the other day, he looks on, like, Amazon and finds there's another book called Vampire Girl and fucking flips out, like, unironically angry that something to- took his totally original title of Vampire Girl. Oh, my God. So I, I've been hearing Red's dad stories yeah. for years and they're they're seriously the best thing so as a joke i say because there's an old movie called picnic which gets referenced a lot in his book uh-huh. for some dumb reason <laughs> so i so so i go you should call it vampire picnic because that kind i think that kind of has a weird ring to it because it's kind of contrasting yeah uh-huh. and then i look on amazon and there's a book called vampire picnic and i'm like <laughs> god damn it <laughs> I think that with the advent of Twilight, there's a vampire everything at this point. Yeah, see, that's and the if thing. You He's been at... working on this since before all of that. Yeah, and with feel... the Vampire Girls, the funny thing about that is those are books that they're shitting out every month, and they look just like complete trash garbage. Yeah. 
But this has been his thing since, like, 98. Yeah, yeah. So the whole Twilight phase has come and gone, and he hasn't released anything. Oh, man. So sad. Art. We live, we bleed. We live and bleed for our art. <laughs> Sometimes for six years. I, I don't even know if it's been six years. It may have been longer or less. Sometimes for almost I, 20. I feel like it's around the time I was working on Hunters, definitely, though. Oh, my God. He was, I had Hunters, and he had his book. That's definitely five years, at least. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, because it's been five years since then. Since, and I, yeah. We were working on it concurrently. But I actually finished my thing eventually. Oh, snap. Because <laughs> he, got, he got so hung up on rewrites. Like, oh. it's the worst trap. Yeah, yeah. Being like, I'm done. Or like, I'm half. It's even worse than being done. It's like, I'm 40% done. But I'm going to go back to the start and rewrite basically everything. Oh. So he kind of just got caught in this loop of like getting halfway through and then yeah. basically starting over and then for years and i'm like this is not how to do it like no you've got to learn when yeah. to like just let things flow and 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 just let it happen even even just get to the end once yeah yeah just get to the end get yourself a completed draft yeah he never got that makes such bucks. a difference yeah because it was it was similar for me with hunters where there was a point where it's just like I know this game isn't perfect, but I just got to ship it, you know? got to let it go at some point. If I started reworking stage one, it wouldn't have gotten to finished. Yeah, because, you know, like, the thing that makes Hunters work and makes it an interesting project to play is you can actually see you becoming a better developer as it progresses. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about it is because you can actually see you developing as, as, as an artist. Yeah, but I think all my games do that, but Hunters was the one that was, instead of, like, a couple months, it was three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So it was so tempting to go back to stage one and keep messing with stuff yeah and just kind of like tighten things up that might have been a little slow at the start or something you're like yeah and i did add enemies in like stage two and stuff Mm because i was like this Mm -hmm. part's really bad i gotta do something here i can make this quick addition that will make it better so there were you you detailed almost all those in the commentary yeah because i i knew it was like the wrong thing to do but i couldn't help myself but there's gonna be even more commentary on that game in the future by the way no there's not yeah there is no, there's not, because where's your Zelda LP? Shut up. And where's our Fantasy Star LP? We got, what? What? Uh, Fantasy Star Online, remember? We got to finish oh, up. Oh, yeah, we got, well, well, Sayara's got to stop working at four in the morning first. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we, I need to get to back to work on those. I mean, we could bang PSO out really quick. Oh, yeah. If everybody was around. Yeah, we could probably do that in a day or two if we wanted. <clears throat> Fuck Olga Flow. <laughs> Episode four. I'll just watch you guys fight Olga Flow. <laughs> That'd be a great LP. You're just dead on the ground. I'm dead. Spinning the camera. I'll just do uh, do an imitation of the first time I ever fought Olga Flow when everybody was like, "Hey, you never fought Olga Flow. Let's fight him on Ultimate." Oh boy, this is gonna work well. You did it Ultimate your first time. The first time, like people were like, "We're gonna go fight Olga Flow," and I was like, "I do- I don't know what Olga Flow is." So they just took me in there, and I kept dying, and they ran out of heals, and was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, like, I don't know whether they kept reviving me or not, I know that I was asleep. 
that when I woke up, like my controllers, and I was still in uh, the, the the arena. Yeah. So there's fun next, stories. Next question. Next question. Also comes from Celestial Blade. It's hashtag JRPG July. What upcoming JRPG game slash series are you most looking forward to? Mega Dimension Neptunia. Neptunia. Persona 5. But that's next year. That's next year. Uh, that's what Anna, Anna is so pumped. The only Persona other 5. JRPG I have to play at the moment that I haven't played. Well, I got two. I got Dark Souls uh, 3. No. <laughs> I played that and was just like, you know, I'm kind of done with this kind of gameplay, really. I've seen enough of it. Like it, wasn't, like, it wasn't really hard or anything. It was just like, eh, I'm not really, in, I'm not feeling it. Like, like I've done this. I feel like I've had my, my fill. Yeah. Speaking I had of a Dark really Souls, nice time I'm... just playing Demon Souls and Dark Souls. I'll probably play Bloodborne at some point. Yeah, I want to play Bloodborne. Motherfuck, mm-hmm. Iron Keep in the DS2 re-release is such bullshit. They fucking ruined it! They ruined it so hard. Like, the game was hard, funny in a hard way before, where it's just like, oh man, you're putting so many enemies in this, and then Iron Keep was just like, oh, this is funny, this is annoying now. Yeah. Like, you've added, like, double the archers and double the samurai guys, and they all just rush you down, it's real stupid. Mm. See, the only JRPGs I have that I want to play, well, I don't know, I'm not. I'm not finishing... Star Ocean, because that game's dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game was butt. I can go nappy time forever. Oh, you're not going to get the new one? <laughs> uh, no, it looks terrible. <laughs> like, I watched uh, After Five play it a bit, and I, just, I wasn't impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have Tales of Exilia, which I started on that a bit, and I kind of really like the setup so far, and it seemed really fun, and action, and like the Tales battle system is always really good action-packed stuff. I'm gonna play that. Uh, I have, I have, I, I found uh, Fairy Fencer F for like seven, oh, for like God. seven bucks, <laughs> and I only bought it because it's just like, yeah, it's seven bucks, and it's an Idea Factory game. I'll give it a go. Why not? Uh, so I'll give that a, a go yeah. at some point. I'm not gonna promise to finish it though because I, I've not heard good things. Yeah, we we gotta keep Idea Factory in business though. Yeah, definitely. They did a sale on PSN this week. It worried the fuck out of me because it's like. 90% off a bunch of things. I'm like, what? Oh, no. Um, like, I hope that's not an indication that you guys yeah. didn't do very good, but you guys are still attending anime cons and bringing a lot of merch with you, so maybe... They made a fucking Top Nep, shit, uh, top nep hat. Yeah, and, and, and Ashley didn't know, didn't let me know that she had a hookup that was going there, because <gasps> I was going to send them money to buy it for me, and she never let me know. Ah... Oh. <sighs> I wanted a fucking top nap hat. That's so funny, though. They took, like, this Photoshop that's been bouncing around for years. Yeah. And made it real. I'm just, like, Neptune, wearing a hat, smoking a dude. <laughs> says top nap. God, does that come from K-On? Like, you wouldn't know, but I think, like, Ritsu wore a hat that said something top something. I don't I, episode. I like the edit Boner did. What oh, was that? It was, it was a picture of another, from another cartoon. Uh, and the hat said cock. They put that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, I like the, that. The original edit was cock. Yeah, I like that. that. Was pretty good. I downloaded a bunch of um, RPG Maker games on the sale, like oh. Lilith and a couple other cool things. Well, that's interesting though, because I I think that that can give you insight into working exactly. with RPG Maker. So I think that's a really good investment for you. 
I think give you an idea of what to do and what not to do. I didn't find a lot of what not to do. Yeah, I bought ones that looked good, and then I bought ones that looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa is RPG maker. Oh yeah, shit! Lisa's, I can play that. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Lisa at some point. It's gonna be like it's like Dark Souls, where it's like I know I'm gonna love this. Yeah. I'm just gonna get in the mode where it calls to me, and then I'm gonna yeah. play it, slam I it out. That's why I haven't played it. It just has not called to me yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It randomly called to me earlier this year. Mm-hmm. What little voice is calling me, calling me? Only a few people will get this reference. <laughs> oh, Anna and I started Earthbound again because we bought it on the Wii U. So, and she thinks it's really cute. And and um, hopefully this is this time it'll stick and we'll play through to the end because that's one of my favorite games. There's another project I need to do. I need to stream Earthbound. There you go. I'll join you for that. <laughs> of course you will. I know you would. <laughs> I knew you would. Oh, John likes her. I found weird. But first, me and Rhett need to collect some seashells. Oh, God. I only need four more, Rhett. <laughs> It'll be easy after that. Then it's just fetch quest stuff. And then fun, mazy dungeons. I like the dungeons in that game. I'm... Yeah, the dungeons are great. Yeah. 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 Okay. I yeah. saw this video today saying how like those were the ones that really established the Zelda formula mm-hmm. of getting the item and then using it in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's real cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other questions? Um, actually, for JRPGs, I'm excited for like I just played Mega Adventure Neptunia, so I can't really say that. But do the new game plus? You're excited for? Yeah, new I'm game still plus. working on that game though. But I think just in general, like I've really fallen off JRPGs in general. So like, yeah. the series I'm still looking forward to is just more Neptunia games. Yeah, like and, you know, like hoping for uh, versus Sega Hard Girls, hoping that comes to Steam. Yeah. Yeah, really hoping on that. But that probably won't be till next year, because that's not coming yeah. out until October here. But it's you got what? a fucking net bike! Come on! <laughs> Neptune is a bike! It's real silly. And, and the then... front visor makes anime faces. <laughs> it's re- the windscreen. It makes anime yeah. faces. It's really adorable. That game looks super silly. That's yeah. got the Sega Hard Girls. And fucking IF getting her own game, dog. Apparently Comp is not in it. That's so weird. They just went, fuck it, IF game. How is it like Compile Heart, this is their series, but like Compa is just kind of like gradually fading more and more out of existence. Does she even have a role in Mega Dimension? Yeah, her and IF are in it. That's good. And they're pretty much together the entire time Yay. when they're together. That's awesome. So they get pretty equal billing. Good. Actually, that's not true. IF has a little more screen time. Well, IF is clearly superior. I mean, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be oh, honest yes. here. Um, so yeah, and maybe they'll do the blonde game between now and Sega Hard Girls. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that'll see steam, and yeah. we're gonna buy that like the dumb whores we are, and we'll play it online. Oh God, that's gonna be weird. <laughs> We gotta do uh, we gotta do some co-op nuclear throne too, uh, but we're just all out of organization this week, aren't we? Yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a co-op mod that somebody developed for nuclear throne uh, that Vlambeer's endorsing, you know, like That's and cool. it's real cool. Apparently, it works really well, and me and Rhett got to give that a try. I am going to die a lot. I'm it's not very good at that show. game. It'll be a shit show. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> If we get past the junkyard, it'll be amazing. If we even get to the junkyard, it'll be amazing. 
Oh, I mean, I can barely <laughs> ever get past the junkyard by myself, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's our goal, to make it to it. Make it to the junkyard. If we can I make it to the junkyard, it's a success. I think that's doable. It's like if me and Andre, if we could have beaten three stages in 20XX, that would have been a success. <laughs> And final question comes in from Rainiac. What would your dream VR gaming experience be? Virtual naps. <laughs> oh, God. I want to share a room with Uni. Why is it always Uni with you guys? Because she is fucking sexy. What? She's a little kid? She's not a kid. <laughs> I, just, I, think, like... I, I don't think it's her that's sexy. I just really like her outfit. True. Like, I would want that outfit on somebody much older, of course. Developed. Yeah, somebody that has development. Um, (laughs) Poor, poor Anna. Everyone keeps posting little girls and naked outfits on on Tumblr. What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even go on Tumblr anymore. (laughs) What? No, I think she's come back around. Tumblr's for porn. What the... <laughs> that's the only reason you go. I mean, come on. Where else, where else are you going to get your top notch boyfriend to death porn? Oh my god. God. <laughs> Guys, I have this, I amazing, just, I... I have this amazing no bake cookie that's still wrapped up. I cannot wait to eat what is, it. What are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> I just said my favorite. I want to share a room with IF. Okay. It'll be very sexy. Um, I want it to be very raunchy and explicit. Like, I'm talking, I want to see the sweat coming out of her body. I want to see her blush. Like, I, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Like, you know what? We're just going to be honest here. See, look, you see, I will own the fact that, like, you know what? I don't think it's really all that bad to think anime girls are sexy. I mean, what the yeah. fuck? That's yeah. my entire Tumblr. That's your entire Tumblr, but it's just like, yo, dog, it's made in Italy. Enjoy. It's fantasy. Roll with it. Boom. Yeah. I'm going to share a room with I have. It's okay. Very sexy. <laughs> okay, so when I first saw this question, I was like, oh, I Wait, saw... there was a question? It was, what would your dream VR game experience be? Oh, I missed that part. I thought Polly was... I didn't realize where Polly was... You just thought I was going off the top of my head? I thought you were just going on a tangent there. And it made it. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay, so when I first saw that question, though, I was like, oh, I saw a guy playing Half-Life 2 in VR, and he had, like, a gun for the controller, and it was, like, moving with his hand. It looked really cool. Yeah. And then Polly is just immediately like, I want to fuck Neptunia girls. (laughs) So I'm changing my answer. Do because, I want to fuck Neptunia girls? Because my wallpaper, I have a rotating wallpaper thing, and it just changed to Uzume. <laughs> I want to fuck Uzume. <laughs> Maybe. Guess who's getting a costume made, Rat? <gasps> I am getting a costume made. <laughs> this is, we have to turn this podcast off. <laughs> I'm not making that up either, Rat. Cool. Oh, the, thing in, the thing in VR is that when you're moving around and also moving your head, it creates this weird dissonance. Cause I think I'm only going to be moving my hands. Because <laughs> you're moving your head, but... I'm moving walking. one head. Um... <laughs> but you're... I'm going to bring it back around to... Her <laughs> John is trying to... Straight right here. 
Um, and then when you're moving around with the controller, it's uh, there's this weird dissonance. Uh-huh. In Boyfriend to Death, you spend most of your time either strapped to a table or strapped to a pole or strapped to a... And you can't move. So... I mean, yes, it's I get perfect. that that would work in VR, theoretically. It would work very a, well in VR. A game about you being tied up. Yes. All you can do is <laughs> move your head around and make choices. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> so, okay. yes, I think we're all in agreement, though, that VR isn't going to take off until there's a lot of porn for it. No, VR, yeah, yeah Tumblr is for porn. VR is going <laughs> to... There's not VR a lot is... of experiences personally that I think would be enhanced for me with VR, mostly because I've got a busted eyeball. Oh. But yeah, like I don't think that there's many experiences in gaming that I would want to play in virtual reality. <laughs> there's just not a lot, really. Virtual like I can't think of anything that I enjoy that would really work in a VR space. Dead or alive. Weird ass horror shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> porn and otherwise. Dead or alive, beach volleyball. There you go. It's you don't even play. It's just you sitting on the beach, on the beach watching, watching them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So you just sit there and do your thing. <laughs> just be honest about it. It is. It is a quote-unquote hands-free gaming experience. Yeah. <laughs> we have any more questions? Nope, that's it. <clears throat> if you got questions, you can fire them off to at, on Twitter at SMPS underscore updates or podcast socks make people sexy dot net and we'll get writ to read him in his beautiful dulcet tones. Uh, John Fire, my man. Yeah? Where can we find you? You can find me at farawaytimes.com. If you want my secret Tumblr, just DM me on Twitter. <laughs> right. Rhett, where can we find you? Go to SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. I just posted more information about the Gen 6 list, which All I'm right. totally doing this time. The deadline is August 1st. Do, cool. do a front page update. I, yeah, there is a front page update okay. now. I did it's it my today. site, and I don't even know when it updates anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I did do it without telling you. I, t- I asked you like a month ago, hey, can I update the front page? And you're like, yeah, fuck, whatever. Uh, okay, so that's I was your just, fault, not mine. I was just this lazy. All right, all right, I got you, I got you. I just got to finish my blurbs, damn it. I right. haven't started on mine. No, I, like, it was seriously like this weird mental block I had where it's like, I should update that. And I'm like, but I'm so lazy and want to play naps. And then I was like, Okay, if I want the deadline to be August 1st, I should do it July 1st. So I, like, put a deadline for myself and then mm-hmm. went right up to the deadline. I couldn't resist. I, I opened that no-bake cookie. <laughs> it's actually really fucking good. Um, you can find me at poly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. Um, and that's all. We'll catch you next time. Big The big episode where nothing special happens. The big episode. <laughs> The zero nep blowout. It's all coming to a head. For all you fans out there that love hearing us talk about Neptunia, get ready. Might even throw some some more Undertale talk in there for you. Because <laughs> you'll love it. We gotta bring back all the hits. We gotta talk about Sonic, of course. Oh, God. Because, like, in Saga. No, we don't. This podcast was built on Sonic and Saga. We built this city on Saga and Sonic. <laughs> Yeah, this is fucking podcast. Oh, so the next episode we'll be doing in two weeks. Yep. And then one week after that, they're going to announce the next Sonic game. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. July 22nd. Yeah. 
damn it. Oh, well. Well, like, let's see. Like, yeah, our next episode is, yeah, yeah. We'll miss it. We'll do a special <laughs> They Announced a Sonic Game episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get the fuck out of here. Remember, the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.